0: Same
1: time decisions. That's what makes college sports so good. The players are desperate. They're hungry for success. And then they lose it. The NBA players are the worst. Once they get to the NBA, it's like, there, you made it. Hey, well, you only got to live the whole thing in life. You only have to get rich one. And once you make the NFL or the NBA, you've gotten rich for life. And why would you risk that anymore? Because the more you play, the more money you make.
2: So you don't have to be super special anymore. Um, you just yeah. have to yeah.
3: survive. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions.
4: Let's roll.
1: Game Time Decision, Red Heat and Rage Radio. I am Gabriel Parenzi. Alongside the raging redhead, Cam Stewart. It's the Monday afternoon meltdown edition of the program. Mike Blewett is going to step up and in. We're going to run the gauntlet with uh, Blewett. Drew Dinkmeyer will help us uh, become millionaires. Or we hope. Get closer. Closer. (laughs) A few more dollars. Build it. We'll talk some uh, Major League Baseball DFS. We'll give you the uh, Major League Baseball uh, trends of the day, trends of the week, Uh, check in who's hot, who's not. It's actually been a couple of weeks since we've done a market uh, watch. That's been a little while since uh, we've done a a Major League Baseball unit uh, market watch. We know the raging uh, redhead Cam Stewart's uh, unit market watch is doing uh, pretty good uh, because he told us on uh, Friday, don't even worry about the scoreboard. Dustin Johnson uh, will go on a tear, come back, and uh, win the Canadian Open, and that's exactly what
3: he did. Yeah, you liked him too, Gabe. It was just one of those things. He's been so close before, and let's call it out for what it is, Glen Abbey. I should know. Yeah, I liked him, but yeah. I didn't bet on him. Yeah. I did have him at yeah. DraftKings. Yeah, me too.
1: And I did and finish of... with uh, 609 points. That's fantastic. Very good. Yeah, 609 points, my uh, my DraftKings team, and uh, won four times uh, my uh, my money. So, once again, you and I, uh, we, <laughs> we continue to crush it with, uh, yeah. with the golf. Yeah, Winners
3: make the cut parlays and draft King winners every week same here yeah i hit one uh, one of my DraftKings team with dustin johnson the winner had uh, ben on who came in second and our buddy joel damon who finished in six this yeah, guy's on well. a, he's on a real tear right now but yeah i don't know the golf's been great Glen abbey though it's nice to see bye bye Glen abbey next year it's at hamilton golf and country club it's going to be a better tournament so dusty had to get his there too easy of a course gabe guys are just gripping and ripping it going into par fives with wedges Come on, it's got to be. It's got to be more tricky for a pro. I look
1: forward to uh, the next uh, major. So this week we've got the Bridgestone. Yeah,
3: that's almost like a major. And uh, the crazy thing about the Bridgestone this week, Gabe, Tiger Woods qualified on the on the number at fifty, the top fifty in world rankings because of his recent play. Remember, he was up around one hundred and twelve, slipped down to fifty. He's in on a course that he's won at I think seven or eight times at uh, at, at Bridgestone. It's going to be a great tournament, but. Uh, it's early to tell, Gabe, but uh, another great performance by our friend Tommy Fleetwood. This guy looks like he's very, very close. I think he'll be uh, one of my targets this week. Tommy Fleetwood uh, right now, he's 20-1 to 1 to win the
1: PGA Championship.
3: Interesting. Which he'll comes be good. up next week. He'll be, good. he'll be good there, too. Right around the corner.
1: And, you know, the PGA, um, they're, they're adjusting their schedule next year yeah. as well. But even this year, they're doing a better job of having the majors closer together right now. You basically, you know, to me, they should set it up where there's a major a month,
3: essentially. And it seems like they're sort of getting on that, uh, on that uh, a good ob- track that's a little a, bit. That's a very good observation because you don't want the separation. You know, football's around the corner. It's, you it's want a the re- momentum. Yes. Total, Those total Those are momentum. your showcases. Yeah. So, are. like
1: wrestling at a UFC, once a month, you're sort of, you know, okay, if it's five weeks with one. Yep. I, uh, I guess next year they're moving to PGA Championship. Yes, they in are. May. Yes,
3: which, after the Masters. Yeah, so, so that
1: sets up for the uh, for the U.S. for Eight. the British and U.S. Opens after. Actually, yes. So it's just like that's that's their goal. They want majors sort of once a month, every five weeks, and that keeps people interested. I'm not a diehard golf guy, but I won my make-the-cut parlay in the last uh, major. Yep. And they don't have that make-the-cut stuff uh, for all the tournaments. No, they don't. They save it for majors. Yep. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so I know next week, yeah. all right, I'll have another make-the-cut uh, parlay, like, just like our boy uh, Spenny Mack will. Exactly. Uh, I'm sure uh, as well. Dustin Johnson's 9-1. to one. Uh, We'll have our boy Dan Daly on. Uh, nice. Dustin Johnson's 9-1. to one. Uh, to win the PGA championship, Rory's 12 to 1, Spieth is 12, Rose is 18. But as we mentioned, we've got the Bridgestone invitational this week. Dustin Johnson's favorite is 7 to 1. I won't be taking him this week. No. Uh,
3: you know, you won in Canada. Hey, t-
1: Tiger's only 12 to 1. He's the third choice. Yeah, a little, still little low a, little, a, t-
3: a little too low for me, too. I'd start to be shopping right around uh, the Speeth uh, range, around 16. He got close at Carnoustie. His his putter is just unbelievably bad right now. That can't last. I'd be looking at him and a guy like Rom at 25. That's where I go. And Fleetwood at 28. Those are the those are the three names that jump out to me early. You know what else jumps out to me is the
1: fact that uh, NFL football kicks yeah. off this week. Amazing. This Thursday night from Canton, Ohio, the Hall of Fame game. The Chicago Bears take on the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are two-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 32-and-a-half. We should note the numbers just came out, like last night, and uh, Baltimore was minus two, 33 and a half. So there's been a little movement uh, on the under, under. to 32-and-a-half and a little movement on Baltimore. Hopefully this gets bet up to three. And uh, basically, Cam, I think uh, I and mean you'll probably be of the uh, the same Same thought because you like underdogs, but in the preseason, if you can generally get points, just take the damn points. I agree. Don't you know, don't worry about the rotations. don't Don't worry about the teams. Basically, all right, look, I'm getting points. Give me the points. Like that's you know, when I look at this, Cleveland Browns plus three against the Giants. There's not really like reasons for teams to be favored in the preseason. There might be in week two of the preseason or in week three after a team might have sucked for the first two games and the coaching staff yep. is pissed off and they actually want to see something. So you you, you play it game by game, week by week, uh, when you bet on the preseason. Uh, but to me, out of the gate in the first games, like I'm looking here, like the New England Patriots are four and a half point favorites.
3: Yeah. Against I, uh, the
1: Washington I, Redskins. I'll take the skins. Like why?
3: Yeah, exactly. It's just in the regular season. Yeah. I'll, I'll, Tom Brady's not even going to play. Exactly. And I also like teams that were really bad the year before with something to prove... Lots of rookies to go out there. I think that's a good angle, and they're usually going to be dogs because they're bad teams. Well, so. It's all about the quarterback yeah. rotation. Yeah, you look at you look at a team
1: good like uh, like Cleveland. They've got a nice quarterback. They rotation sure do because Baker Mayfield's going to get playing time. Um, you know, Tyrod Taylor, Taylor will still play. Yeah. But the New England Patriots' quarterback situation is an interesting one. You know, they no longer have the uh, the Jimmy G string, um, as he's now being called, I believe,
3: <laughs> with the escort Jimmy G string. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't make it I, up. I'm I, sorry. I, I saw it on. I wish you did, but it no, was no, yet. I didn't. I, I'll admit, I didn't. I
1: didn't create that.
3: Uh,
1: but look, they don't have that. Like Brian Hoyer is their backup quarterback right now. All right, so listen, they can't afford to get Tom Brady injured. Exactly. He's not. I don't know. Like I don't know what they're not playing till next week. The Patriots, but normally in the first preseason game, Brady doesn't play at all. Now, if he does, he might be in uniform and he'll play like the first
3: series and he'll hand it off three times. I hope he's at the gym to lose that old man. Uh, yeah, York, exactly. Right? He's, pro- he's probably pounding supplements yeah. and at the gym right now.
1: You know, I was thinking about that, though. It's the worst thing that could have happened. Like every damn year, something motivates him.
3: I know. Right. He's going to see on Twitter all these oh, yeah. people. No, call me old man. I'll show them old man with yeah. six
1: touchdowns. Got to stop motivating. I know. got to say,
3: like, send him a tweet. Looking great, Tom. Yeah, Tom great, great summertime. i not Tom, worried yeah. about it. I think you're going How's gonna, the vacation yeah. coming, buddy? Going to crush. Have another daiquiri. Don't worry, Tom. Everything's like you said it. Don't say, Tom, you look bad. You're Every year junk. they suspend uh, him or piss him off with something. And, it just motivates the Patriots.
1: And he always says it. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Uh, you know, really motivated exactly. me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I guarantee you, we're going to hear. Yeah, yeah. I heard I saw the pot oh, shots God. of my beach body there. So it really motivated me. <laughs> but they can't afford to get Brady hurt. No. And Brian Hoyer, they know Brian Hoyer. He's the backup. So he's he can't get hurt so in other words I would expect this that uh, Danny Etling's going to play a lot in
3: of- what from LSU yeah no oh, he's not even I care he, he was a terrible college quarterback he was at Purdue
1: he was bad at yeah. Purdue and then he went to LSU you, and he yep. wasn't any better. Etling's on no, and now somehow
3: he's on the New England Patriot oh. uh, roster well if he's going to play a lot of time for New England in the preseason they'll be on the fade list
1: <laughs> <I tell laughs> that's <you>. why <laughs> and, and uh, I'm getting four and a half here with Danny Etling. Danny Etling couldn't cover four and a half against Kentucky. <laughs>
3: it's true. It's actually true. Like, it's like, he was not a good SEC nah. quarterback. He was horrible. <laughs> nah. I have no faith in Etling. No. Watch it going up, light it up. Nah, Etling looks great after t- Tom's tutelage. Ding, 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 ding. That's the thing.
1: I lost <laughs> like that with Matt McGloin
3: oh yeah <laughs> Punching McGloin
1: see him like I call a, I call I like him McGloin. I call him Rudy Rudy Put me in coach <laughs> McGloin. um yeah McGloin was the he was there during all that Penn State stuff yeah all right he was like the four string quarterback yeah. and all the good dudes split that's true except for McGloin yeah everyone <laughs> split right so McGloin sort of was the guy no one wanted him I'm, he was like the quarterback the next like that year. Right after the scandal, yep. he was the guy with Bill O'Brien, yes, and basically they had nobody, and it was like, all right, McGloin, you're in, and I think it's the best thing that McGloin at uh, I think it's the best thing that O'Brien's ever done in his coaching
3: career. somehow he got McGloin into the NFL even I know And so, played well in his first game, so I basically
1: Raiders. saw McGloin <laughs> in college. I remember he went into uh, the preseason with the Raiders. And I was I bet against him. I was like, man, this kid's terrible. He's gonna get eaten up. And man, he lit it up in NFL preseason. <laughs> McLoy is actually a good NFL preseason quarterback.
3: quarterback.
1: Like we're gonna we're gonna talk to you guys a lot about this over the next couple of weeks with who's a good quarterback and who's a bad quarterback. And we're not talking about regular season here, guys. It's we're looking at preseason. McGloyne's a perfect preseason guy. There's these guys they know. This is how they, they stay in the league. They need to play well in the preseason in these games. Yeah. all you cut. do. You play well in the preseason. You play well in the practices. And then, boom, you get a $4, $5, 7000000 million contract to be a backup. It's a good kick. So, you know, look, so the Redskins are getting four and a half against the Patriots. And look at their quarterback situation. Alex Smith, Colt McCoy, and Kevin Hogan. All played. Yeah, Hogan got some good time with Cleveland. So, so in there, other in words, box. it'll be Kevin Hogan versus yeah. Danny Atling in the second I'll half. I'll take Hogan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm ready. I'll take Hogan over Atling. Yeah, so we got NFL football uh, this week. Uh, MLS All-Star game on Wednesday. And I'll tell you, the MLS oh. has been on fire, man, uh, recently. Last night, a very, very entertaining game. i tell you, the L.A. Galaxy, man, these guys are on a roll right now. Ibra Got a hat trick, came back, was nuts. The only, my only regret is um, I just didn't take them when they were down, and uh, they were plus 260 in-game. But
3: A lot of my buddies went to that TFC game. They won 3-0 on Saturday night, starting to get their uh, shit together a little bit.
1: Maybe. Yeah, TFC basically need to win
3: not every game, but, a, but 10, just, they don't long. have a lot yeah. of margin for error. That is correct.
1: They really, really dug a hole for themselves, mm-hmm. but they have been on a roll the last, yep. uh, let's say, 10 days, last three games, gotta they're playing keep, better. Got to keep it up. I was on the months. I've been yeah. betting a lot of MLS. I've got MLS fever. <laughs> so speaking of fevers, I'm actually sweating. It's pretty hot. Yeah,
3: I know. I don't know what's going on here. It's
1: pretty pretty hot here. I didn't, and, uh, I didn't, I didn't get the extra crispy. I'm sweating out uh, KFC yeah, grease. That's, that's
3: what it is. It's the sodium.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm doing the...
3: Uh, I'm feeling dizzy. It was good chicken, though. Good batch. So, yeah, me and Cam bet a...
1: Um, me and Cam uh, bet a bucket of chicken uh, last week. I believe it was on uh, if R- Russell, Russell Wilson... Wilson
3: had twenty drinks in his life. Yeah,
1: and Russ, we found that Russell Wilson doesn't drink. Yeah. Um, so we bet a bucket of chicken. Russell Wilson's healthy, so we figured the best way to honor the bet was by <laughs> eating fried chicken. And you know, we often bet on buckets of chicken. Yeah. Uh, me and Cam, and uh, I forgot about it actually, but Cam honored the uh, the bet today. He showed up with a bucket of chicken and KFC side, so I asked people on Twitter who makes the best fried chicken. KFC, Popeyes, Chick-fil-A, other. So 17% say Kentucky Fried Chicken, 43% say Popeyes. Hey, that's a shocker to me. 16 say Chick-fil-A, that I wow. spelled wrong, Another. and other. 24% say other. We're getting, we are getting a lot of Mary Browns.
3: Yeah, well, Mary Brown's is kind of—it's not—it's a smaller operation. Yeah, it's it is not very everywhere. good. It's not everywhere, but the KFC at eighteen percent is very disappointing to me. I—I've had this fight with the millennials we used to work with. I don't know why everyone loves Popeyes. I just find it to be seems a like big, the
1: younger people are big off Popeyes. Yeah,
3: it's just a big chunk of batter and a little chicken. at least in KFC or by my Popeyes is too greasy. I find my KFC perfect. Like they do a really good job. It's not too greasy. They get the fryers hot. I, I I'm telling you, they did. They, they do. You tried the mashed potatoes and gravy; it was fantastic. I, I say this K- this KFC from out of town. This KFC was very good, and I was from out of town. Yeah. I had to drive in with it. It wasn't greasy. It no, was, uh I feel good. Yeah, Jake su- Brown. I'm, I'm sweating, but
1: I still feel it's good. Sweating <laughs> chicken and mac- oh, yeah. macaroni salad. Out I here. am too.
3: <laughs> sweating gravy.
1: Uh, the KFC had hit the spot right before the show. Yep, sure did. Last night, I was doing a a podcast in the late-night hours, and I was beaten down Sunday night. It was late. Everything was closed, and I was saying, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. i got to go and try to find something to eat. There's not a lot open in this neighborhood. And I get a knock on the door, and it's uh, chicken wings. Taylor Stevens ordered uh, chicken wings uh, for me.
3: That's so nice. Yeah, I know. I
1: nearly cried, Kevin. Like I said, who's going to do? Like, uh, who's going to... Who's, who's going to be that nice? And then, so like a half an hour later, I'm sitting here. It's like midnight on a Sunday night. My door knocks again. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this is like, what the hell's going on? Like, is, so, it, is it money this time? No, <laughs> it was uh, someone with a burrito. Really? Yeah, because I was talking about burritos on the show earlier. You know, Very, very kind of Sunny Vega. Sonny says it wasn't him. It was all paler. So you're both very, very kind. And uh, tonight on the show, I'm going to talk about how I could really use a... Uh, could really use a hooker. And I'm like, that's what I was thinking next. Like, screw the knock, chicken. Yeah, knock on the door, and there's a chick. Oh, hey, hey, thanks, thanks I'm guys. Like, I'm here. Yeah.
3: <laughs> she comes in with some lingerie. Yeah. Hey, the party's as, on. As, as
1: long as yeah, as long as whatever I talked about, people are sending to my door now. Yeah. You know? Chicken wings, burritos, Okay, okay yeah. You, could use a hooker. Could use some money.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
3: That's amazing. It was National Chicken Wing Day yesterday, but yeah, I that's that's why exactly I also, that's why she did. I also yeah. really don't celebrate because I eat chicken wings on wing nights. Like I go usually Mondays and Wednesdays or whatever. I eat chicken wings twice a week, so I didn't have to celebrate National Chicken. Wings. When I was on the
1: radio in Montreal uh, once, uh, somebody called and uh, told the operator uh, there's a package downstairs for <laughs> And That was like, man, I don't know what's in this package. We opened it up and. Uh, It was uh, big bags of chronic. (laughs) Nice.
4: Another great gift. (laughs) You get good gifts. Another good gift. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app
1: time Decisions, Red Heat, Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Gabriel Maranci alongside Cam Stewart. Mike Bluett will join us. Drew Dinkmeyer. We'll go over uh, some Major League Baseball trends of the day. Best bets and everything else in between. Weird story from the Canadian Football League. Long-time running back. Uh, Jerome Messam a yep. CFL uh, veteran he's been in the league uh, quite a while from my neck of the woods he's a good uh, good running back sure um, he was he's kind of aging a little he bit is. now he is he's
3: kind of like the you you mentioned it before LeGarrette Blunt just a pounding pounding back
1: yeah so uh Messam has been released by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders following criminal charges as uh, this is a very strange sure case actually is. which uh, i'm still trying to you know trying to wrap my head around He's been charged with voyeurism. So you figure, all right, uh, voyeurism. So what is he standing? What's this like, upskirt videos? Or so he allegedly he videotaped a consensual. He you know he had sex with somebody. He videotaped it, but they didn't know that he videotaped it. Oh. Now he never posted the videotape that's, anywhere publicly. That's good but the woman found out that she was videotaped mm-hmm. and um, i guess pressed charges yet i don't what a weird story he's charged with voyeurism yet they say it was a consensual yeah so I there's guess no still, me too thing anymore. Oh, but he I, didn't tell her that he, he secretly videotaped that's the thing
3: it. Like you got to tell he I he secretly guess, videotaped i guess he it. said if you want like uh, are we could, can we tape this i guess that's what you have to do, do like you can't just put a camera on it. Have sex with somebody, even if it's consensual. I didn't realize
1: it's a charge. I didn't know. I didn't know either. Voyeurism. I don't know. You're getting charged with voyeurism with someone that consensually having sex with you. That's true. You know, just from a lawyer perspective, yeah. I'd say how you're being a voyeur when you're yeah. voluntarily
3: naked. Well, he's got a great chance for what it, because the but video's not posted. That That's the key. If he was really like, the from, thing is, I
1: think from a criminal standpoint, yeah, he didn't post the yes. video, which
3: obviously will help. But he has lost his job. Yes, he has, and, and, and no other t- And there was a sign yeah. by the commissioner that if any other team tries to sign him, they will not be able to sign him. He's done, basically, his career's done. So I, I, I
1: don't even know where to go with this story. What a weird story related to an incident in 2016. What he was uh, with the Calgary Stampeders. So. It's going back a couple of years. Statement from the Canadian Football League: The CFL is aware that Jerome Messam is charged with voyeurism, a criminal code offense. He has been released by the Rough Riders, and as Cam mentioned, um, the CFL says that he's not allowed to sign with any other team until the legal situation has been resolved. Very, very strange case.
3: You know. Yeah, I don't
1: <laughs> <The> know. <kids>, he <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not Bill Cosby. No, he's like, not. He didn't, no, he, he had, yeah, had consensual. No.
3: Like he was going to have sex with this woman. It was so, like, yeah, yeah, it was he, a he, consensual. So yes, we're having sex.
1: Sexual encounter. Yep. He secretly videotaped.
3: That's it. Yeah, that's kind of the problem. That's the problem.
1: Now I have never secretly videotaped anybody, nor, so I don't have to
3: worry about this. Nor nor parts. have I. I don't put the camera. But on.
1: But I was unaware, actually, that uh, Somebody, it was
3: illegal. I didn't know that either. Maybe somebody taped you in the past. Who Probably, knows? Yeah. Yeah, you got a little um, camera in the bookshelf there? Who knows? Like,
1: I have no idea. I don't know. I'm not an attorney, but right. right away, I would just say, well, listen. Yeah, he has a camera in his bedroom for security purposes. He
3: is a football player.
1: It's like yeah, the camera just happened to be on it. It wasn't yeah. maliciously recording this.
3: It just records the room. I don't know the real story here,
1: but yeah, I'm just I'm thinking where was the camera. I'm just thinking from an attorney standpoint that it's a pretty gray area. Like where where did this happen? Especially if it was in his house. If it was in his house, you
3: could say, Listen, yeah, I got cameras in my own place. That's the thing. That's the thing about this story. Very little details. Yeah. We we don't we don't make comments on nothing. I'm just saying it's an absolutely weird charge. Like it's shocking.
1: Yeah, he voyeurism. comes across. Yeah, it just sounds sleazy, the voyeurism.
3: It does. It does sound sleazy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, voyeur voy, yeah, wouldn't like you wouldn't you talked about it? It was like you like those perverts with like mirrors on their shoes and stuff like that, going up skirts, like that's voyeurism to me. Like having consensual sex is kinda Having sex, you know? <laughs> no one else to tell you, Francie. I don't roll tape though. That's the thing. So it's a strange case. Yeah, it's very odd. We'll, we'll get more details, then we'll have uh, more of an opinion. I don't
1: opinion. know if I want more details. No, no. Is <laughs> one of these? You know I mean? good point. Yeah, like how many more? Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, uh, Rick Patino promises to tell all in a memoir. Like, really, what are you going to tell us about how you were doing hookers in the office there of Louisville? Like, <laughs> I met this chick on my motorbike. You know, tell all, oh, it's nuts. I made $40 million off of kickbacks uh, with uh, with Adidas. It was great. Tell all book. I love, like, Patino's acting, like, all allegedly with Patino. Uh, I like how, Luke Patino acts like he's the biggest victim in all of this. It's like, dude, you guys, you know, you guys
3: weren't running the cleanest program for a long time. Bad times. Bad times for Louisville. Patino, Papa John's affiliated yep. with them, with their stadium. The Cardinals, cheap, 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 And now cheap. the players, yeah. yeah,
1: they lost that championship, which I still don't understand how Michigan wasn't yeah. being champion. That's
3: another thing. If you lose the championship, obviously the team that played in the finals should get the damn championship. Yeah, you know what's crazy? Now the,
1: the team, the, the players on that Louisville team, they're now suing the NCAA for taking the championship. It's like you guys got caught cheating. Like How, yeah, how are like, you going to sue yeah, them? What are you suing them for? If anyone should be suing, it should be Michigan Michigan's suing them. Exactly. Yeah. Like Michigan and should the say, NCAA. <laughs> you caused us distress, you know, we lost. Like I still don't understand that. If Louisville were ineligible for the championship game, therefore the team, the other you team in the game, right. Michigan should be declared the champion. What do they do in the Olympics? But they should be given the banner and said, listen, you guys are the new 2014
3: yeah. champions. Yes. What do they do in the Olympics? They knock you, you know what I mean? They knock you down. The person. person yeah, you so can't have it both ways
1: they, where Lou, if Louisville's not the champion, then who's the champion? Michigan.
3: They played, they were the second place team. Yeah, and if, if they played champion, a team champion. that had
1: ineligible players, then
3: therefore Michigan should be the champion. Yes. They went to the final. They lost the game against the team one. The team who, who won had ineligible players. It goes to the second place team. If the gold medalist in the Olympics gets caught doing the drugs, the silver medalist is going get to the, get the gold. the gold. it works.
1: Louisville's a sleazy operation in the sense that, like you stated, you got Papa John's. They have to change the name of the stadium from Papa John's Stadium. He was on the board of directors of the university. Yep. Patino suing the university. I think the university's suing Patino. The players are suing the NCAA. Like, you see, like, basically... Sounds like government. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's a cesspool of <laughs> everybody is just suing everybody. It's so, in no this. Game, it's like, the it's only people it. that aren't suing anyone is Patino's not suing his players, and they're not suing him. But, like, the the players are suing the NCAA. Yep. Patino's suing Louisville. I think the somebody, uh, I think the NCAA, it's, like, filed suit back. <laughs> Like, uh, it's just, it's a circus. Like, I think there's, like, six to eight lawsuits, like, in this little, like, web with these guys.
3: Sounds like a night on CNN. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Everybody's suing All everybody. All of this and is Julianne yeah. coming in. Hey, man, what's up? I'm suing you. <laughs> Unbelievable.
1: Yeah, it's, it's some real chaos, uh, real chaos at Louisville. It's just comical when I saw that the kids are suing. It's like, really? What are you guys suing yeah. for? Like, what are you going to get? It? Like, what do you want? What do you guys? What do you guys get back out of this? But I mean, just let it go, all right. You won the stupid game. You know, people. Uh, listen, I'm a Michigan fan, and you know, by as we were saying, by nature, by nature. All right, if Louisville stripped, then Michigan should get it. But I don't want to win like that. It is what it is. But it just seems strange that if Louisville's not the champion, then who the hell is the champion? And, you know, we lost the game on the court, so it, it is true. what it is. You were leading, too. But the guys, yeah, the guys on Louisville should just shut up, though.
3: That's the thing.
1: You know what I mean? You, so what? The banner got taken down. You all have your rings still. No one took your rings back. Everyone knows you won the stupid game. It's not going to affect your wallet. That's the whole thing with the NCAA. It's toothless. They did the same thing with USC. They're like, well, Reggie Bush oh, isn't yeah. the Heisman yeah. trophy anymore. Yeah, but he is. You he didn't give the, give the Heisman it to, to anybody else. Yeah, you that's didn't give thing. it to anyone else. So what's the that, that's that's the whole point in this. Right? So you can say you, he, you, can you say he's not, how do you but punish, he won how do, the Heisman. Like, that's right.
3: How do you punish somebody without
1: you can't take away that day when he was at when he got the that's trophy? Right. That's, <laughs> you know I mean? It's in, it's in stone.
3: It's yeah, true, it's very,
1: very bizarre. Like I said, there's no yeah, I think with Beheim, right? I think with Bayheim they said, all right, you were eliminating like 180 of your wins or something because of a punishment. But I think they even added it back. So, you know, it's all, it's all pointless. Another thing is, too, I don't know if you remember, and I'll admit, I fell for the story big time, too. Remember there was supposedly the imminent end of college basketball as we knew it? Oh, yeah. Wiretaps. What about Arizona? And everybody was going to get arrested and fired and uh, was going to hit it. And, um, you know, stuff was going to get crazy. And Shashevsky was even involved. Yeah. There was nothing. Like I said, they accused the guy in Arizona of something. Miller. Yeah, and it turned out, you know, he wasn't on a tape. And now he's yeah. suing ESPN. And he still yeah. has his job. You're right. The only one that got nailed, really, was Chuck Pearson. Yeah, Chuck Person was
3: a scapegoat.
1: Yeah, a couple of the Auburn coaches got nailed. I like Chuck Person But too. for the most part, for the most part, nothing happened. Remember they were like oh, the NCAA yeah. tournaments going to be chaos, yeah. everyone's going to be in anarchy. right. That,
3: story, that story's like a nothing, nothing. I, I, exactly.
1: I believe, you know what I believe? No, I believe No, I remember we did
3: shows where you were thinking things were going to get real, but, but they didn't b- get real. I
1: believe that it was all true, and I believe that the university system is that powerful that they they got the whole thing shut down. They basically stated, they shut, shim- the, yeah. shut
3: the hell up! Yeah, and
1: like, what are we, we have, gonna do? You want to shut
3: down university we, systems around we, we, America?
1: Just shut up. We have exactly. a good.
3: We have a good thing going. Don't yeah. don't rock the boat. Yeah, that's what basically you're saying. Like, when that kind of money's coming in there like that, it's like you know the meeting. Like yeah, we yeah, all yeah, know yeah, there yeah, was yeah, extreme corruption. Of course we do. It's not like it all went it's away. Still there.
1: But yeah. no one's saying it. No. now the year's starting again. Hey, when no it, no, there's nothing coming.
3: No nothing's happening. When pockets are being lined, when briefcases with money are being delivered, when everyone's living on the high off the hog. Things are going to go
1: away. Now, speaking of uh, things going away, it went away, the uh, the Josh Hader uh, situation. So Hader, of course, the Milwaukee Brewer pitcher. Um, it was All-Star weekend. It was the All-Star night that it was yep. disclosed during the All-Star game that uh, he had a bunch of racist and uh, over-the-top tweets from, uh, from years ago. I stated at the time that Major League Baseball needed to suspend him. And Major League Baseball, all they did was a slap on the wrist and say, well, he was going to go to a diversity training. See, that's the worst. And he, he basically had a very insincere apology after, basically, I was young and dumb. I was a different person. You know, all right. He was 17, yes. He's only 24 now. Yeah, seventeen's
3: not young. Yeah. Like 17 to me, still, you're in an age where you yeah, can use You your know head. if you're racist or not. Yes. Come on. Yes, you would. Right.
1: So it's this new excuse. Oh, I was 17. I was 17. So Josh Hader gets a standing ovation in Milwaukee from people. The first home game back, which was disgusting. Yeah, he gets a standing ovation. Same type of people that are probably throwing stuff at Kaepernick would throw a battery yeah. at Kaepernick, right? Who's from Milwaukee actually. So Josh Hader gets a uh, gets a standing ovation. Story sort of goes away a little bit. They went on the road for the first time uh, last week. And yep. uh, he got booed in San, San Francisco. Francisco pretty good, right? That, that, that would make sense. Yeah, pretty progressive city ads. So they, they, were, they were all over hater when he came in. Then yesterday, Shaw Newcomb nearly throws a no hitter. And that's the story. You know, he, he was basically two
3: outs, two strikes in the ninth inning. Yep, 137 pitches. Yeah,
1: two outs, two strikes in the ninth inning. He loses the no hitter. Except immediately after the game, the story's not about the no-hitter. It was for a few minutes, and then, boom. And it's an evil world, because you know who found the tweets? Washington national fans. Rivals, right? Yep. So he's pitching a no-hitter against them. National fans are looking it up. What about this guy? Let's just keep digging. <laughs> they kept digging and digging and digging, and they found a gold mine of racist tweets. Same thing, when he was 17,
3: 18. So it goes on and on. And uh so these are the and think about this. These are three and another and, and uh and Trey by, Turner. Trey Turner from the nationals.
1: Now and so Trey Turner gets caught up yes. because now they're like, Oh yeah, him too. Yeah. So Trey Trey Turner was homophobic stuff. Trey Turner wasn't uh wasn't racist, was homophobic stuff. Um Newcomb was all over the place. Yeah. like he, he's, he's everybody. He's pretty much hey, like a raving. He, he, yeah. He's just a, an equal opportunity hater. Yeah, like,
2: <laughs> yeah, he 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 like yeah, he had a lot yeah. of calm
1: with Josh yeah. Hader. Like yeah. there wasn't like one tweet. It yeah. was pretty like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm different now. That's the way you know. It's, you know, even and he seemed pretty insincere. But my the problem is, Cam, since they didn't suspend Josh Hader, you can't suspend these guys. No, they go to they. Go and to, it wouldn't have been better if you just would have suspended everyone. Yep.
3: And now diversity go, training. training. Yeah, what, <laughs> what the hell is that? What, are they not, going
1: to a strip club? Yeah. It's diversity training. They're going to make Josh Hader get a lap dance from a black chick. That's the diversity training. What are they going to do? Go spend, yeah. spend the we're night. Going, no, we're nope. going to the strip club, yeah. and we demand that you get a lap dance from a Hispanic woman. Yeah. And a and a. <laughs> and, day, and
3: day two of your day two of your training, you're going to go spend the night at Bert and Ernie's house, and you got to sleep over. Like is that what you are going to do? You got to go to two gay guys' house and like sleep on the couch. Yeah, like what's, what's that, diversity I, training? It's just, it's stupid. It, yeah, it is. Yes. Like, you really, if you want to hit them. Like, I don't understand.
1: You guys, they suspend people for throwing, like, a high pitch. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? You At get, first, you you get, you get suspended, like, for really stupid and easy things nowadays in baseball on the, on the field. You know, off the field, you can be a big yeah. racist, and you don't get
3: suspended. No, <laughs> it's so. Like I bet you so this voyeurism
1: thing, you probably don't get suspended in baseball, and probably be like, "Wow, filming? No, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah, it's all I didn't post. Yeah, he yeah. never posted yeah, it. Is, he's pitching tomorrow.
1: Yeah, but this is you know now it's out of control, and I guarantee you there'll be more now. That's the thing. If you're digging, you already found. There's three. people digging as we speak. No, right? Yeah, now. that's that's the new job. Dig right. Dig on. You know, any pitcher that's all these guys that are basically 24, twenty yeah. four, twenty
0: three, twenty five. Young take, take guys a look on at Twitter. Their Twitter from years ago. Yep
1: you know what's what's amazing to me as well is that after the Josh Hader thing happened that the other guys didn't think you know what cuz they had to remember and know say so, you know what man i have tweets like that too yeah why you know, you know why don't really, i go back get, and get 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 rid of these bad boys yeah. Or even if they don't know how to do, do that, because it's good. tough. Like I wouldn't know how to go back. Call Geek years. Squad
3: guy, and get him yeah. over there. Yeah, you yeah. tell your agent basically. Yeah. Like, you get some
1: somebody's ass yeah. over. Not here even on the now. phone. It's one of the you talking person. Yeah. You call him yeah. over. Listen, I got a problem here. Yeah,
3: and my hard, hard drive too. Yeah, Clean I got a, it. I got a lot
1: of tweets. Like I think from about eight years ago. Yeah. That Need how to... do I get rid of these now? You know what I mean? It shows you how lazy and stupid they. They're not even to t- have because any people foresight. everything is sort of taken already and saved. But if you're going back and no one knows, you can delete it. You know, oftentimes people will go on a, on a tweet storm. People yeah. will notice it and say, oh, my God, look where they tweeted," and then delete it. Even I've done that where it's too late. Yeah, yeah, you can't, you've yeah, already, it's out there. It's already out. There. Twitter's getting people into a lot of trouble these days. It, it always has. Yeah. It's getting worse now. It always has. But Twitter is real life. Yeah. Like, it's held against you now, like, legally even. Like, if you yeah. tweet something... It's real. Like, even Donald Trump's tweets are now being investigated, type thing. Which to me is kind of stupid. It's a tweet. It's not true. It's online. You can't say, oh, you tweeted this or you said this on your Facebook. Whatever. I was lying. Exactly. It's not admissible, in my opinion.
5: Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app
1: Great riff. Wicked race. Wicked race. It's my the enemy a man, man, man is in my head. Old school homicide. Yeah. We recorded this in uh, 1995. Wow. That's a long time Still ago. Sounds pretty heavy. 23
3: 19- years ago. Yeah. Still got it. So our, no, uh, the best. Our is- new
1: recording will be yeah, 24 yeah. years later. And no residuals.
3: Play it as long as you like. Yeah, yeah we don't, we don't no have to worry about copyright. Yeah, no checks. The Stones aren't calling. Yeah, we don't. Where's our <laughs> money, fantasy? Uh, you're not getting any there, Mick.
1: Um, all right, so we got a poll question up, uh, of course. Uh, who makes the best fried chicken? Yep. Uh, we're up to 190 votes uh, right now. 21% says KFC. 39% Popeyes. 19% Chick-fil-A. 21% says other. Tim Anderson uh, says, come on, people. You got to vote for KFC. Yeah, I'm with Tim. And uh, here's an interesting story, thanks to Kyle, actually, Kyle Johnson, for tweeting this. I saw this earlier in the day, but it's a good uh, correlation to our poll question about the fried chicken. we got a story about Jim Harbaugh here and uh, chicken, in which uh, Jim Harbaugh, once again, is uh, proven to be insane. Um, let's Do we have Mike Blewett? Mike Blewett. No? No? no. I'm right here.
3: Mike? I'm right here, guys. Hey, oh, there we hey, are. There we are. My- Sorry, hey, Mike, there
1: here. we are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for joining
2: us, Mike. Yeah, no problem. Been listening to the show uh, from the top of it. Uh, you know, some interesting points on the fried chicken front and on the uh, MLB discussion. So I just came off of a baseball weekend myself. So if I sound a little raspy, uh, apologies. But uh, glad to be here. Yeah, no, you a- did a lot of a yelling guy. on the diamond. Mike. So what? You're yelling. Ooh, at I, I <laughs> shouted out. No, no, just trying to shout it out and get the ball thrown to the right place, and I blew out my voice <laughs> in the first day.
1: So
3: you're
2: like
1: you're like a coach on the field.
2: Hey, hey, hey second hey, base, yeah, come yeah, on, come
3: yeah. on, we can turn this double yeah. play.
2: Yeah, a little aggressive, Man.
1: little aggressive yelling, <laughs> cutoffs and relays. Nice. All right, so we've got we've got the poll question up right now, and Popeyes is still in the lead. But uh, here's a story about Jim Harbaugh here. So, this is courtesy of uh, Wilton Spate. So uh, Wilton Spade, of course, was the quarterback at Michigan. He's transferred to UCLA. Um, so uh, Wilton Spade says uh, early in his Michigan tenure, Harbaugh pulled Spade aside and told him never to eat chicken. He said, "I don't want you eating chicken." And uh, Spade said, "Why? You know, <laughs> why shouldn't I eat chicken?" Harbaugh said, "Because chickens are nervous." So weird. he said, "Chickens are a nervous bird." Spade went on to elaborate. He thinks that some type of sickness injected its way into the human population through chickens because people eat white meat. He thinks you should only eat beef and pork. He believes this to be 100% uh, true. And um, he told Che Patterson the same thing. Like what yeah. Shay Patterson got there. He said, I don't want you eating can, chicken.
3: Can I tell you the same thing? It's,
1: he said, chickens are nervous. I don't want you eating chicken. It's insane.
3: But the thing is, he's talking about chickens and diseases. If you undercook pork, you get sick too. It's not just chickens. Like it's. Yeah, well, yeah, so which,
2: like, so which is it? The fact <laughs> that their nervous energy transfers into nervous your body into your or nervous. the fact yeah, that they're
1: going to make you sick? <laughs> Which is not I, 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 I got no idea. I'm I like, know. I like that he thinks he's a nervous insane. bird, so he doesn't want it. I like that he doesn't tell the other players on the team, just his quarterbacks. So, Chickens um, aren't
3: really nervous birds till they get their necks cut off. Really? Shea Patterson
1: has, has was asked, <laughs> is Harbaugh as strange in real life as you had heard? Harbaugh, and Patterson doesn't even hide it. He goes, yeah, he's a little bizarre. He goes, he's yeah. as real as it gets. He's just as you think he's going to be. He's definitely a character. He's a little bizarre. You'll be sitting there talking to him, and you're thinking, what the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> is this real life? But I really like him.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not he's not boring, that's for sure.
3: <laughs> Chickens are scared. Wow. So like, that's, my, that's I, I happen
2: to be married to a dietitian, so in no way am I uh, an expert. But she is, and I can assure you I've never heard anything related to that. She would be the first one to tell you that. Maybe she thinks we should go to a plant-based diet because it is healthy, yeah. but we still eat plenty of chicken. And you know, in no way is she uh, floated either of those two opinions of Harbaugh's as a study or a fact in any way I, to me. And Wilton yeah.
1: Spate was even saying he had a dietitian and stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, he was all, you know, yeah. he said the dietitian he said he chicken. chicken. It was eat fine. chicken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Well, Harbaugh, Har Harbaugh's a little uh he's, he's a little out there, but so was so was Bo blacker, right so was Woody Hayes. Can you yeah. imagine now like if if you know it wouldn't happen you know the famous uh, story when uh, woody Hayes they ran out of gas and they were they were like yeah. ten miles from the border, <laughs> they were in Michigan, they were going back to Ohio, they ran out of gas, and the driver said, "Coach, we need to stop and get gas and Woody said, "Not in Michigan we're not." <laughs> <laughs> and um,
0: and he ran out of gas.
1: Dead no, serious. Oh, he, uh, he said, Yeah, we're not. He goes, We don't. We're not spending a cent in this state. He goes, We don't buy gas in Michigan. That's great. He, he made the players push the bus.
2: <laughs>
1: Psych, no. I'm dead serious. Now you do that, you go I'm to I'm dead serious. They the pushed best. the bus. That's the best. They pushed t- the bus. He <laughs> yes, told them, All right. He told the linemen and everyone. He was like, All right, everybody off the bus. And they were basically, We're pushing it. But. Sounds crazy, but I imagine a full football team, like all of them, it's kinda of easy. They're just sort of get rolling it down. This, yeah, 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 <laughs> like they're just sort of rolling it down, but I hope all yeah. the equipment wasn't on there. <laughs> I know. He's like, Yeah, we're not we're not. I always thought after when I heard the story, I was like, Why didn't you just send someone ahead then? And say, All right, listen, we're gonna call yeah. a taxi. Somebody just go up and get some and gas back and with and the bring gas that, if exactly. you're really that insane. But Well, they did lose the game, too, so he was pissed. Punishment. So he's like, all right, we're pushing the bus. (laughs) People are like, is he insane? Like, he really is insane. (laughs) What's up with the bus driver not planning ahead, by the way?
3: That's another thing. (laughs) I'm a full tank.
2: It's a whole team to move. you got a whole team to move. You're going to (laughs) stop while you're on the bus to get gas?
1: And, of course, Harbaugh was a a disciple. I'm seeing quotes um, uh, from Harbaugh. I don't take vacations. Sounds like you. There are no turnarounds in Michigan, top to bottom. Michigan's about excellence, greatness. Yeah. Well, you better start winning. We're going to the Rose Bowl this year. I guarantee it. That you can, can see, you <laughs> can see,
2: like the Woody Hayes "Let's push the bus" incident, and then the incident that effectively ended his career, and realize that same guy is connected pretty, pretty straight line to his personality from one incident to the next. Little yeah, little yeah, head path.
1: People are wondering Woody Hayes. He uh, he punched a kid on Clemson in the face. <laughs> yeah, he got annoyed. The e- the guy imagine that happened. Off. Imagine at that, the end of a bowl imagine game. Imagine that happened today.
3: Yeah. yeah. Oh man,
1: it was a chippy game. The player got close <laughs> yeah. to the sideline, and the coach just yeah. Right,
3: right. yeah What's the, the latest thing we've? And we seen uh,
1: got tackled near their sideline.
2: He didn't like the way that the guy stood up, so he clubbed him in the throat, basically.
3: What did we see? The latest one in the NFL was the guy, the coach who tripped the guy coming down on the return. Uh, well, Tomlin. Uh, Tomlin. Yeah, Tomlin. Tomlin. Yeah, Tomlin. Um yeah, my favorite. Who, who,
1: who, who, who did he trip? Yeah. Was it Torrey Smith? It was it was Tory Smith? Jacoby Jones. Jacoby Jones. Jacoby Jones. Good my call, favorite
2: my good call. on the kick return. I'm a Steelers yes. fan, so I know that play pretty well. Uh, my
1: favorite part of that was on the sidelines, they were mic'd up. And the guy, so Jones on the Ravens gets back to the bench. And he goes, Man, that coach Thompson tried to trip me. Like, he didn't yeah. know his name. That's what, like, cracked me. Tom, up. Like, <laughs> yeah, he called him Thomas or Thompson. He's like, That Thomas, man, what's his name? He goes, The guy tried to trip me. <laughs> like, it was called. And someone told him, It's Tomlin. <laughs> it was called. Like, they don't. I've always told people that, Mike. Like, players, they don't even know some of their teammates' names. Like, yeah, it's. They don't
2: care. Not, yeah, no, not that they no they don't know
1: yeah there's 53 guys in the room they're like I don't know
2: like they know the day they get their check and yeah, they know yes, like, yes. when to get to the training room all that kind of stuff it can be uh you know on a very rigid schedule as far as that's concerned but to think that those guys know uh rosters like you and I do for fantasy purposes they just don't it's not important to them they don't really care they know their assignments and their teammates uh, some yeah. of them as you said but not much beyond that. Barry Sanders was famous for that. He didn't know anybody. <laughs> really? He didn't care. He just didn't care. Like, hey, do you remember that guy you embarrassed in that one game or the other guy you embarrassed? He's like,
1: no, nah, I don't know who don't any know. of these guys are. So yeah. I would have to tell him.
2: That's great.
1: The best is When uh, ESPN did the uh, best athlete of our generation uh, poll last year, maybe it was two years ago, it was like all the athletes, right? And um, Bo Jackson won. And Brock Lesnar's, right. yeah. Uh, Brock Lesnar said, what a pile of crap. Brock Lesnar saw it and said, you know what? I should have won. And he basically, you know what? Brock Lesnar actually has a point in a sense. National champion wrestler in Minnesota, UFC champion. Okay. Like there's uh, Brock Lesnar walked in off the street, guys, and could have played in NFL Europe. He didn't play football since high school. Literally. He didn't play since high yeah. school. He showed up to the Minnesota Viking camp, and they were blown away. Yeah, killing guys. Yeah. yeah, they told him, listen, yeah. you go play for Frankfurt or whoever their team was, Barcelona, they said, you go, I think it was Germany, though. You go play in Germany That's this right. year for NFL Europe, you'll be on the in the NFL next year. You just need to let, play in a few games to get, uh, and he was like, nah, 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 I, I don't really want to do that. I'll and, still take Bo, though. And Brock yeah. said after, it wasn't that he was anti, like, oh, I'm not going to Europe to prove myself. Brock Lesnar was like, I really wasn't that good. He goes, I didn't like getting pushed around. Like Lesnar goes, I was getting pushed around on the field a bit. He goes, it motivated me, but I didn't like it. And he said, I, I wasn't as good. He, he basically said, I wasn't as good as they thought I was. And he likes to be the bully. Yeah. He likes to do the pushing. Exactly. Around. But he said about getting pushed around by the linemen and stuff, because he was a D lineman. He said that it, it sort of toughened him up a bit, and that's when he sort of took off with the wrestling after. He went back to the, uh, the stuff. Yeah, I'd say Bo Jackson, you know, but Bo Jackson with the football and the yeah. baseball was, you know, I I think Herschel Walker, though. I mean, I think Herschel Walker, you could say, is a better athlete than Bo Jackson all around. Would you argue that, Mike? I can say he's in the, he's in the
2: small team photo for all-around guys. I think Bo, Herschel was a freak because he did it for so long. Obviously, we were robbed of the end of Bo's career or, or the potential longer runway of Bo's career, but... Uh, Herschel was freakish in his ability, in how good a shape he was, how good he was from a, a young age, and how much he sustained that. I know he didn't have some of the highest highs that people expected, but he really was unbelievable.
1: You know, Herschel Walker's NFL career was unfairly judged because of the trade. I agree with that, and it's yeah. not your fault with how many players, players another team exactly. gives up for you, right? That's yes. sure. exactly.
3: That's that's true.
1: You like not, hey, it's it's he delivered. He actually. played well. He, he played very well. He played well, but it wasn't. Yeah, they traded twelve guys for him, so yeah, they went what, to a what much you, worse franchise.
2: Want? The franchise that weakened themselves to have him on the team, and the yeah. overall totality of the team got worse as, as the second he arrived.
3: What you saying? Bolt, Gabe, playing soccer now? He's yeah. uh, multi-skilled. But
1: on a, a low-level league, and he yeah. has to make the team, yeah. right, first. But, yeah. Um, the last
2: thing on Lesnar, the la- last little thing on Lesnar, the, the learning curve for defensive linemen can be extremely steep in the NFL. So having an experienced, like, left or right tackle go up against a guy that hasn't played football since high school, he's going to get worked. It doesn't matter how big and strong he is. He's just going to get worked.
1: Yeah, yeah, but it basically, it, it did show though, just how good of an athlete Lesnar is, mm-hmm. that he was able to walk Great. in basically and just and just do it right. Yeah, and look, he walked in and basically just became a UFC champion yep. as well. Um, but he also took a hell of a lot of steroids along the way to do all of this. Yeah, very true. We should note. Yes, good point. We should uh, we should note that. <laughs> yes. Okay, so um, on the other side, we'll we'll talk some baseball and some NFL football and. Uh, some more sports stuff, but uh, me and Cam were just talking about the hater situation, and now Newcomb, and now Turner, and you know there's going to be others to come right now, unless you know these guys are smart and they're frantically having people that know how to do this stuff delete you know their their Twitter from years ago, and I'm amazed that these two idiots didn't think you know what I I said a lot of stupid stuff too I better get that off get 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 that out of the way but I was adamant at the time now listen I didn't say kick hater out of the league. Uh, but I Suspension. thought I thought it was kind of embarrassing and soft of uh, Manfred for this little diversity training crap. Yeah. You know, if you're gonna suspend a player for five days for throwing a pitch behind a batter, harmlessly, you know, to send a message or we see these suspensions in baseball, you know, this is a serious issue. Uh you know, racism can't be taken lightly and i think now so what's the big deal if somebody else basically gets net nailed now they'll be like well whatever yeah. i'll get i'll be on espn for an hour i'll get booed for a day or two and that'll be over with i really think that he should have suspended them and now you can't suspend these guys now because now you got to go back and go oh well we didn't suspend hater if you would to suspend the hater out of the gate you could have suspended these guys now too and i just think it's a bad look for baseball that this all oh, we respect all di- you know we we respect everybody and we're sending them to diversity. That's not enough in my opinion. Well, I I think the greatest point you you guys
2: made earlier in the show. <clears throat> well, first of all, obviously what all they said, everything they said is reprehensible. We're all on the same page. They are obviously they were younger people when they did it, but I do think the point that you made first about the agents was an interesting one because. Um, it is surprising to me that something like this that has happened in other sports and other disciplines doesn't get on the radar of an agent who every agent or agency has somebody that works there that's a fixer that should be able to call all of their clients and say, we need to clean this up, get off social media, clean it up, do what you need to do. So that's number one. And I'm not suggesting, in some ways, this is a net positive that things like this get exposed. Um, as you stated earlier, there's ulterior motives by fans of different teams, which which sort of cheapens it in a way. But I do think it's okay to have these discussions. And while I don't appreciate what it is that they said, and in no way am I defending it, uh, I do appreciate that there's a platform f- for the discussion. You are right. If they had suspended Hater, then they can do what they wanted to do to these other two. It would be almost a identical suspension. But now that they didn't take action with a suspension initially – It just becomes a diversity training thing. I do wonder if the MLBPA would have had an issue with suspensions um, if it's not cooked into the CBA in a specific way. But But is that a hill they want to die
1: die on publicly? No. Is that a hill they want to die on publicly defending racists? Like if especially, and I'm basically stating, I would. I you know when I'm saying suspension. I mean, I hate it. It's too short. But baseball sort of standard five days, right? Yeah. One st- start, yeah. yes. But if you're a reliever, whatever. But that's yeah. sort of the. I'm, I take this stuff more seriously. I would suspend him ten days, and yeah. I would basically say, tell the the PA behind closed doors, if you guys want to, you guys want to do this, you want to die on this yeah. hill, go ahead, go and defend yeah. him, go and defend him on ESPN tonight. Good luck with that. And basically, I'm doing this, and because Manfred's been a very, you know. I listen, Commissioner. You know he has been. You know he's very. Hey, let's get gambling angry. involved. Let's get some expansion. Let's make the game funner. He's really. You know he's trying to sort of be an Adam Silver type. Yet, I agree. You know he need to show a little discipline exactly. here. You know, in my opinion. But Ted, uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll talk NFL football on the other side with Mike Blewett.
3: Game time decisions.
1: Like if you were like joining a dating, uh, set, yeah. Be like golf fan, <laughs> like interest golf, interest betting on golf, fantasy a golf you yeah. be like interest golf. <laughs> I enjoy watching golf, playing golf, golf, betting on golf. And then you put yes. after, and I have a golf ball size uh, <laughs> sort of thing in my belly butt. The rash is getting a little bit better. It'd be great like uh, physical activities, taking care of my rash. Weekdays,
3: 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions.
1: All right, level two. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat Rage Radio. You want to win your fantasy football league? You need the best source of information that you can find. That's rotoexperts.com. Senior writer Jake Seeley. Undisputable fact. No other fantasy football analyst in the industry is a better player ranker and accuracy expert than the all-in kid. In 2017, Jake Seeley was the number one draft accuracy ranker in the entire industry is verified by fantasy pros. Has been a consistent top three ranker throughout his distinguished career. If you want the best, go with the best. Get Jake Seeley's 2018 Fantasy Football Rankings now. In a rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge fantasy football package. Enter promo code WINNER at checkout uh, for a special uh, discount. Uh, That's rotoexperts.com promo code WINNER for the exclusive Edge fantasy uh, football package. And uh, included all of Jake Seeley's uh, fantasy rankings. Get uh, you ready Four-year fantasy football drafts that uh, will be rapidly approaching now that uh, August is here.
3: Yep, all mine are on the same day. So auto draft. I'm gonna have
1: to. Uh, I'm gonna have to pare down the amount of leagues yeah. that I play in uh, this year. Last year I was in five, six, seven. I was
3: in five. I'm going down to three it's, this it's, it's year. It's too maybe
1: much. Two. Yeah, I'm gonna go with probably one. You know, one sort of fun, and then maybe one sort of higher High cash. Tights. Yeah. And then I'll play DFS. But I simply just don't have time to. Um,
3: be the wa- yeah, I'm not going to put money. That's the thing. you got to be a waiver-wire hawk all the time. you got shows to do. It's, yeah, i got shows uh, you know, and this and that's that. That's the thing. There. Those guys who are good at that stuff, a lot of time, uh, they get lots of time off or unemployed. Yeah. A lot all of right. guys who win my league. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so let's talk, some, uh, let's talk some NFL football as uh, the preseason kicks off on Thursday night, guys. Uh, the Chicago Bears and the Baltimore Ravens. I'll start with you, uh, Mike. Looking at the Chicago Bears, uh, there's excitement in their camp. Uh, right now, there's an enthusiasm. They, you know, I think John Fox is a good coach, uh, but we all knew once Ryan Pace was there that he wasn't going to be the guy. So it was kind of an uncomfortable situation. Not to mention, we're in a more modern NFL right now, so Fox really wasn't the right guy for the fit. Uh, we'll say. So we'll see. Is is Matt Nagy the right guy for the fit? They think so. Um, I don't like the offensive coordinator higher, and the offensive coordinator has an incredible amount of impact uh, on a football game. Um, and, you know, it's all it's all peaches and strawberries and cream right now out of the Windy City with the coaching staff. And, oh, it's great. And Helfrich is showing us these plays that we never would have thought of before, and we want to see if it works. And, you know, basically there's all this offensive creativity in the room, and we, we love everything. You know, I look at this, and, you know, Nagy didn't even start calling plays until, like, five weeks left in the season last year, if you remember. Andy Reid calls the plays in Kansas City. And then you get Helfrich. I'm really not a big fan, Mike, of offensive coordinators coming from college that have zero NFL experience. And on top of that, That's compounded right, on that, it wasn't like he was ultra-successful at Oregon. I mean, Chip Kelly left him a Ferrari with a full tank of gas, and uh, four years later, you got a Pinto in the driveway. Um, they're still trying to rebuild what, what happened after Helfrich was there. It reminds me of Todd Munkin, who's the offensive coordinator with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was the offensive co- he was the he's the offensive coordinator there. He was the head coach of southern Mississippi. They were like two and ten, one and eleven every year, zero NFL experience, and somehow because he's buddies with Dirk Cutter gets gets the gig. I just I I don't understand, but I you know, I guess I shouldn't judge till I see what, what, what's on the field. But what do you think, Mike?
2: Uh, I'm with you in general. A, A lot of people have been creating buzz around the Bears camp. They're obviously one of the first teams now that got into camp because they're playing on Thursday against Baltimore. But I have been concerned about this. While I can appreciate Matt Nagy using a lot of different and helping Andy Reid using a lot of different formations and different types of play calls, I'm with you. I think personally this is too much all at once. There's a lot of different personnel. There's a lot of coaching changes, and I'm not convinced that it's going to work this year. So Trubisky... By the way, I still have plenty of doubts surrounding Trubisky because of the lack of experience he had in college. There's not a lot of test cases for guys having played so little in college and then becoming a lockdown NFL starters and, and you know, pro bowl players. It just doesn't really happen. So he's still relatively inexperienced. You have a brand new head coach, a guy that's never coached in the NFL that are supposed to be running the offense. You get Allen Robinson, who's new, coming off an injury. You have Trey Burton, who's new, which could be an interesting fit. But I am Taylor Gabriel is new there as well, with, with an oft injured Kevin White rounding out that receiving core. So you tell me, are the some of those parts uh, greater than the whole, or vice versa? I am sort of fading the Bears. Uh, and I feel bad for saying that because Dinkmeyer is a huge Bears fan. I know he's coming on in a little while, but uh, I'm fading the Bears more than I'm on them, uh, as opposed to some other teams which have made changes that I just like better.
1: Oh, it's six
2: in division play last
1: year.
3: Mike brought up a great point. Look, look at the receiving core. Allen Robinson, who, who's been declining the last little while. Taylor Gabriel's a burner, but you're with Trubisky there. It's a whole lot different than, uh, you know, Matt Ryan throwing him the ball. I guess the key would be you talked about it my Kevin White got to stay healthy he's never healthy since he's come out of West Virginia Anthony Miller might be a steal for Memphis he very good college receiver but he's raw
2: yeah, it's brand new. Rookie wide receivers don't often make impacts in this league. People tend to look at guys like uh, Odell Beckham and say, "Well, what if he's the next Odell?" All right, that does not come around often. <laughs> in fact, very nope. few times in the history of the NFL did a guy step into the league and tear the roof off of it as a receiver in his first year. Odell's one of very few guys to ever it's do that. true. Mark year three is two. usually yeah. the breakout year. Yeah, yeah, uh, but you know, you, the Vegas has the Bears. I think at a six and a half right now a little On the win total, uh, it seems really high to me. They're in a division with the Vikings and Packers, and I would probably put the Lions as good or better than them. So uh, I'll be fading the Bears, and I would be more likely to take the under. I'm not suggesting they're going to be one of the worst teams, but if you look at how stacked the NFC is, there's not a lot of wins piling up for teams that are not really good. The, the NFC East has a couple of... Decent teams, you could call maybe a bottom feeder or two there. The Bucks are probably going to be pretty bad, and then the Cardinals will be bad. Outside of that, you can make a case for a lot of teams to be decent. Yeah,
3: I cash- seven wins seems like a lot for Chicago.
1: I cashed it under last year, uh, five and a half. Uh, last yeah. year, and they won five, so I hit that. But you look at the schedule for the Chicago Bears, and it's extremely difficult to start the season. They're not beating Green Bay in week one at Green Bay. Nope. That's Sunday night football. Um, week two, they host Seattle. Looks like that's yeah. Monday Night Football. Um, and Chicago's always—I remember last year they were wondering why, like, oh, why are the uh, the, the prime time <laughs> ratings down? I don't know because you had the Bears <laughs> on four times in the first eight weeks.
3: Exactly.
1: I get it's a big TV yeah. market, but it like turns the rest of the country off. But um, so yeah, they got at Green Bay, they host Seattle at Arizona, host Tampa Bay. I see a one and three out of the gate. Then they go to Miami, they host New England. Uh, you know they they really could be looking at one and five. Like then it's going to be hard for them to get to uh, to seven wins.
3: Let me seven. tell you, seven's ambitious. I, I would have made their win total five and a half, five five and a half, not not six and a half.
1: Yeah, it's it is. So they're playing the uh, the one thing about the Bears, you you do have to like the young defense. You know you've got you know Roquan Smith's a nice draft yep. pick. Um, the still Lloyd, not in camp. yeah, still yeah. not in camp. Good good point. Um, see, so, you know they do have some good young defenders, but yeah, still, I mean, you look at it, as you mentioned, the schedule's tough. They play the AFC East as well. Um, you mentioned a the division. They're playing the NFC East uh, this year as well. It's, it's not an easy schedule for them. I'd really, with all this, as you stated, a, a rookie coach, a rookie coordinator, essentially a quarterback that is still, you know, very young and raw, as you mentioned, only played 13 games in college. Yeah, I, I got to lean under six and a half with the Bears as well. So And by the way, Baltimore-
2: if you're getting ner. If you're getting nervous about the over, and say you took the under, you're getting nervous about the o- over heading into December, it's at New York, L.A., Packers, at Niners, at Vikings. That's their last five. Oh, man. That's yeah. a murderer's row
1: right there. And you're even getting plus yeah. money with the under. It's three three playoff right wow. So they are playing the Baltimore Ravens. Now, the Ravens number is an interesting uh, one here at 8.5, uh, leaning to the plus money. Um, there's also some excitement around the Ravens uh, camp, uh, Mike, and it's coming from Harbaugh himself, who you know we can talk. We were talking about um, we were talking about Jim Harbaugh, but you could argue John's actually yeah. the more efficient, less yep. crazy, and more all business coach. And you know he understands that they're they're in a rebuilding phase right now, but they like he was basically stating they're they're in phase two of this. You know, last year, he had a lot of young guys. It's almost like a college team, the way he's talking. So he said, I had a lot of young players, man, take their lumps last year. And, boy, are they ever confident this year. I love what I'm seeing. They're flying around. All these second- and third-year guys are flying around the field. And he basically put the onus on himself. He said, you know, we better be good. He goes, we've had 30 draft picks in the last three years, and they're all on the field. And... He says it's starting to come together now. We like, you know, you got a, look got a good offensive line, good offensive line. Very you look good. at the skill position yes. players bringing in Michael Crabtree yep. is is just a great addition. Brown could if
3: healthy is yep. a burner. What it about takes uh, yeah. pressure
1: off of Perryman right now? Yep. Having a guy like Crabtree there to be number one. We talked about um, about Al- Alex Collins about Collins averaging four point six yards a carry. Yep. Everybody's always always negative on Flacco, but it seems this is as healthy uh, Mike as Flacco has been. And, you know, what a coincidence. It's a contract here for Flacco. And, oh, yeah, they drafted Lamar Jackson as well. So Flacco's got that little extra source of motivation that, hey, someone's coming for my job right now. What's your take on this Ravens team right now?
2: So to your earlier point they're always going to be well coached right they take advantage of you on special teams because Harbaugh's excellent at that and they're never really a team that bottoms out they've been stuck in a little bit of a limbo these last few years hovering around eight and eight but they are one of the most injured teams in that time frame as well not just Flacco injuries but additional injuries too Jimmy Spence was a big one Yeah. yeah they had tons of guys going on IR the last few seasons so to your point about the, all the draft picks, I mean, that Ozzie Newsom is constantly doing work in that regard, right? He's on his way out. It's a transitional phase for this team. It's Ozzy's last year, but... Uh, They have built up that offensive line, so you're looking at Ronnie Stanley's in his third year as the left tackle. Marshall Yonda is still considered one of the best guards in the league, um, if not the best offensive lineman in the entire league. Uh, I think Alex Collins has a real shot here to be a, a little bit of a fantasy surprise. I feel like I'm getting positive vibes from him and other fantasy analysts about him from other fantasy analysts, so... I'm with you. I I don't think Flacco's going to lose his job unless he gets hurt. I I, I don't see that happening. I think he'll play well enough and they'll be good enough that Harbaugh isn't going to make a panicky change in the middle of the year. It's just not his style. Now, they do have tons of young guys which are going to be on the field, but I would submit that the starting defense still has some age on it. You mentioned Jimmy Smith, who's been hurt a couple of times. He's in his seventh year now. Uh, Terrell Suggs is still there. You have Brandon Carr, Tony Jefferson, Eric Weddle, really good experienced, uh, defensive backs, but none of those guys are particularly young. So, um, I wonder if that injury bug becomes an issue for them again on the defensive side of the ball where they do have a bunch of young players backing up. So, um, I, I think the Ravens absolutely have a shot at being a playoff team in a weaker AFC. Uh, and they'll, they'd will they probably be my sixth playoff team, six or seven. I think they'll be right in the mix there. I don't think they'll be particularly impressive, but I think they can challenge for a playoff spot along with Pat Steelers, uh, you know, Chargers, Chiefs. Titans, the division helps. Uh, yeah. Jaguars. Bengals.
1: Yes, Bengals course. a little down yep. in a rebuild mode. The Cleveland Browns are the Cleveland Browns. They've always battled Pittsburgh no matter what the situation it, is. Pittsburgh
3: getting a little bit Trip. older, too. Exactly.
1: If you look at Baltimore's yes. schedule, they open up with Buffalo. It's going to be yeah. Nate Peterman on the road. And basically his first, yeah. you know, his second road start of his career. Um, at Cincinnati, week two, winnable pick, pick game. It, yep. uh, week three, they get Denver, but it's in Baltimore. Huge. I actually think Denver's a little bit of a sleeper at over seven and a half this year. Um, then already they got a big game in week four at Pittsburgh. But then they're at Cleveland, at Tennessee. They host New Orleans. At Carolina, they get Pittsburgh again. And even to close out, it's manageable. You know, you know, host Cincinnati, host Oakland, at Atlanta, at KC. But then to close out the season, host Tampa Bay, at Chargers. They get Cleveland. That's what we call in the business a manageable schedule. Um, you know, where's the back-to-back road games? So they they have a stretch of three road games Falcons in a row. Chiefs. Yeah, yep. at Pittsburgh, at Browns, at Titans, and then they got that at Falcons, at Chiefs. So there's a couple little minefields in here, but a manageable schedule for their... I'd be surprised oh, if they don't get tonight.
3: Great special teams on that team. Well, Another Tucker's X-Fact. one of the best, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. A good punter, good kicker.
2: Yeah, no doubt. And look, the Harbaugh's a master at that. They're always going to be winning the field position game because he's able to do that. And you're right, they don't leave too many points on the... Um, you know, they, they're usually able to score... On possessions, just because Tucker is good enough, you know. But we'll see. You know, we'll see if that injury bug continues to bite them. That has been something that's why they've had the 30 draft picks. They've had to work through some of that and try to get younger to prevent those older players from getting injured. It's pretty amazing that Terrell Suggs is still in the league.
1: I told well, people Willie Sneed, too. We've got to Willie Sneed. Yes, yeah, so yeah, Great idea. Yeah, great really, got Willie yeah, nice. tree, like Moore, well Much better talent yeah. for Flacco to throw to. Yeah. Um, I talked about this like two months ago when the news broke, but it's not a sexy story. So nobody really cared all that much about it. And it was about the tackling rules mm. and about how you can't lower your head at all, at all, at all anymore. And nobody really paid attention to it. But now that they're about to start playing games, the players are freaking out. I guess the Eagles had a meeting with the league and basically the Eagle players came out of this in shock. Like they didn't pay attention like we did two months ago. Yeah. It's like the Eagle players just, they're like, what? I can't, what do you mean? Like they basically, the Eagles are all freaked out. But we only got about a quick minute and a half here. But I ask you I saw Jamie Eisenberg write a piece about um, Carson Wentz and to avoid him for fantasy purposes. That um, he's not sure how Carson Wentz is going to respond. That And if Carson Wentz doesn't play well, that they, they would put Nick Foles uh, back in. Quickly, in about a minute here, Mike, what's your take on Carson Wentz? Quickly, uh, a quick take on Carson Wentz coming here. You, are you buying or selling, or are you waiting and seeing?
2: It's more of a wait-and-see for me, but at these earlier drafts, I wouldn't touch him just because I don't know exactly what he's going to look like. He's obviously a player who uses his mobility, and he's coming off a pretty significant injury. So I'm a wait-and-see guy on him. I'm telling people to wait all day on QBs. You can get guys like Matt Ryan and Mariota and others at the
1: very end of the draft anyway. Yeah, Mahomes, yep. too. I think it could be a late steal. All right, uh, Mike, it's always yeah, a pleasure, my man. You. Mike, Mike, right, thanks. Take care. Have a good one. Great stuff with Mike Blewett, as always. Game time decisions continues.
5: Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app. 84-FNTSY That's 844-843-6879 The Fancy Sports Radio Network Your free fantasy source 24 hours a day
1: your head mental health will drive you mad Whoa.
3: game time decisions red heat rage radio we got breaking news morency what do you got for us uh roberto osuna jay's closer he gone to the houston astros wow houston astros just the rich keep getting richer Astros can't hit the baseball nah, they, they they have power outages that's the they'll have a game where they'll score 13 then one one yeah they they're a weird baseball team offensively that way they can go through real struggles yeah and the thing is
1: it's tough when you bet on what teams like the Astros is too the problem is what really motivates them right they're 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 going to the playoffs they're defending world yeah. Series champions they're they basically know all right it's all about the playoffs uh, now
3: it's not about the regular season but they have had issues uh, hitting the baseball jays get ken giles back he's pretty pretty decent arm there that's not bad that's not bad for asuna and you know the had the report uh, of the abuse hanging over him too he, like he still has to go to court and do all these things too so the this story's not over interesting i guess uh well that's one thing i guess a lot of people jays fans you're happy that uh you're, you're sad that you lose a guy like asuna but with the story there's been a lot of problems with the with his conduct, uh, allegedly hitting his uh, woman. like This is this is a thing that's been lingering for a long so time. So he's
1: serving a 75-game uh, suspension. Yep. When, uh, when's he due to come off? He can return to the uh, August mound 5th. August 5th. All right, August, yeah, August
3: 5th. He's got a court date this week, though, on Wednesday. So who knows what's going to happen there.
1: Why not a little bit interesting? Just because historically the Houston Astros have been a pretty clean-cut franchise. They don't really like controversy and scandal. They they never yeah. have. Their owner's very, very clean. And, you know, I know somebody that worked for the Houston Astros. And yeah. um, they worked for the, the Expos. They were, like, a clubhouse attendant. And they got a job after the Expos left with the Houston Astros. And uh, they went to Houston. And he got there. And it was, like, after, after, like, batting practice and a practice. And there was all this gear lying around. And um, he asked uh, one of the the head trainer guys, "Where's where's like the uh, where's the key for like the locks? Where do yeah. I where do I put this stuff and lock it up?" And uh, he told him, "We don't have locks here." He said, "If we need locks here, we hired the wrong people. Like the Houston yeah. Astros are they're basically very family type. And when the Astros when the Astros this was years ago, so this wasn't this team, but this is with Biggio and Bagwell and everybody." When they went to the uh, the World Series, the Houston Astro players gave everybody the same share. So, like, he was a clubhouse attendant; he he got like one hundred thirty eight thousand dollars or something. Wow! And like, so did the secretary and everybody. Interesting. Like the Astros, like not just the players; the players split the money with everybody. He's basically stating they're like the nicest. So like the nicest team in baseball like they're very it's a class giving
3: yeah uh, like the players
1: like playing for the Astros and the Astros are very classy organization they care about the players um, like the owner genuinely cares about the players and whether they're happy or not so to
3: your to, to your point they probably did their due diligence checking out Suno if they're gonna make a move well right? that was then so I don't yeah. know maybe no, now really. they're
1: just like you know times change right what organizations yeah. cultures change but yeah, I just I figured I'd throw it out there. Just generally, just uh, generally, the the Astros were always a cleaner cut team.
3: Yeah, well, that's I'll tell you one thing. That arm, that's really gonna that's really gonna help them there. You got a guy like that with electric stuff coming off suspension. You know, Houston, if they're they're gonna have to deal with a team like the Boston Red Sox, Gabe, one extra you know quality quality arm with a guy has special skills like Osuna. Oh, let's call out for what it is. He throws smoke. Like, when he's on, he's on. He has un- unhittable stuff when he's on. So, that just makes Houston strong. Ken Giles is okay, but he's he's a little bit long of the tooth. He's been around for a while. What
1: are the Jays getting out of this? Ken Giles. So,
3: Ken Giles, yeah. and uh, that's it? Yep. I haven't seen any prospects or All anything right. like so that.
1: No, no prospects. Ken Giles, huh?
3: Yeah, I guess they just wanted to soon out of there with the public pressure. I don't know. I think they could have done a little bit more. Could have got giles yeah, you, you and somebody else i gotta be honest with you i know hey, that's what i'm saying I as soon was, as, i was yeah. expecting to see
1: oh and, and, this and double a prospect kid. yeah you know and I mean? the houston
3: farm system you saw good you want were. to roll the dice with one of the kids exactly yeah, like take when, a chance well that's the thing remember when the guy in sports illustrated predicted them because they had the best farms all those young kids are going to be better they had can't miss prospects springer bregman all these guys like yeah you think look i'm usually giles i you need somebody else for him. i'm
1: yeah. usually pretty cr- I, I have been critical i will say of um of Shapiro in the past, uh, but one thing maybe there wasn't a long list of teams lining up right to acquire a guy who's suspended and they don't want to deal with the domestic uh, abuse stuff after the fact, right?
3: Oh yeah, it, sa- it says I think we're yeah they haven't named it, but they're getting a pro- I think okay. they're getting an un- unnamed too. prospect, yeah. right, All yeah. Right. But uh, let's hope it's a good prospect. <laughs> yeah. So how about this? So uh, the
1: Houston Astros since the uh, the All Star break, they're hitting one ninety six.
3: That's, that's that's concerning maybe they should have got out and got a bat too I know well <laughs> you know what they have a bunch of guys they, they figure will be all right exactly it's what? it's so
1: it's bizarre to me too because when we look at like the uh, the run differential you look at the run differential of the the Houston Astros, and I don't know where it comes from because I swear to God, every game they play in is like one nothing.
3: Because earlier on in the year, Gabe, remember when they, they when they'd score 13-2 and stuff, and then they have a lot of two to one, three to two, two to one, three to two. Like that's the thing. Like when they murdered you early, they beat you by like ten runs. That's where you get that differential. But if you look at it recently, yeah, it's been very very tight. They're You're not right. blowing away anybody early in the season. They used to crush teams earlier. But even you know they they didn't have a great record early in the season. They've you know they're just they're, when they win sometimes. But they you're win right. By a the, lot.
1: They've had a few explosions where they put thirteen up and these these crooked numbers. Because yeah, you look at their run differential. It's 179, which is pretty much. Um, is anyone even close? So, so now Boston's actually gotten up here at 177 right now. They're the only ones that are like close. Like you know an, an example, of Cleveland have outscored their runs by ninety four, which is actually pretty impressive. It is. That is. You know, like see look at Seattle. It's amazing, Seattle. Seattle are nineteen games over five hundred. They're sixty two and forty three. Yeah. Their run differential minus three. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Hey, I hate to say in it. In other words, they've won I think yeah. they've won like literally 24 or 25 one-run games. Exactly. And that, and after a while, they're going to lose some of those games. I know they beat the Angels yesterday. The Angels starter gave up eight runs in the first inning, but if you're a Seattle fan, I think you're going to be a little bit concerned. Uh, You've got Oakland on you right now. Oakland had a real rough weekend in Colorado, though, getting swept by the Rocks. Yeah, but but they'll be fun now because the, J- the Jays are coming to town. They're still only two games back in the yeah, wild card it, right now of Seattle. We survived, Gabe. They're our survivor pick this week. Go A's. They got the Jays this week. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, we knocked out six more uh, six more guys with who had the Blue Jays. 11, uh, 11 teams left. So the Oakland Athletics
1: are one of the more profitable teams uh, in baseball. They just continue to kill it. And, you know, tonight Estrada's on the hill. It's Estrada versus Edwin Jackson Yeah, uh, this evening.
3: Estrada uh, may not even finish the first or second inning. The guy's coming off injuries. He wanted to start. I think the doctors were saying, you know, it's going to be a risk to start more power ever jackson in that park i'm laying it down i'll, I'll lay the 35 cents with oakland please if you bet on uh, if you bet $100 on every oakland game this year you're
1: up $2042 i like that yeah they're up 220 units right now 20 uh, 2042 which is actually the um, second most profitable team in baseball Behind only the Boston Red Sox.
3: And they're favorites all the time. It's amazing, yeah. It tells you how good they are. We're seventy four and thirty-three. Oh, what a record. In that division like come on. Yeah. Seventy four forty
1: three. Wow. If you bet a hundred dollars on every Red Sox game, you're up two thousand four hundred and sixty six dollars. Nice. Uh Yankees are up three hundred and sixty two dollars. Yep. Tampa Bay are now up five hundred 53 and forty nine dollars. They're fifty three and fifty three. Scrappy, very scrappy. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays are down eight hundred and fourteen dollars. They were actually down worse. Before, they were so they were they were down like twelve, thirteen hundred. Well, st-
3: playing the White Sox over the weekend helps you gain a couple. Yeah, the hundred. Orioles, <laughs> the Orioles, the Orioles too. They always and the White the Sox help them
1: get like five, <laughs> six hundred bucks back there. Yeah. I would expect when it's all said and done, the Jays they're going to be like minus $400, minus four hundred, five hundred.
3: Yeah, I think Out they'll be year, uh, closer to, I think, I, I think around a thousand because I, now that they have, I think Gurriel got hurt to That's one of true. their young guys. I know Tio, Oscar Hernandez is a good player, but really, when you look up and down that Jays lineup, nah, they, they don't have happened there now. And now they're going to have to go with, do what Tampa bit gave. they had the, they had the starter by committee. It started with John Axford that day who picks pretty good and then the Jays bullpens going to be taxed. They're going to lose a lot of games.
1: Uh, basically look, if you just bet on Baltimore every game uh, uh, against Baltimore every game and on Boston every night you'd be up like nearly uh, you'd be up about $6700. Yeah, I wish
3: I knew that before the season started. Just Boston games <laughs> and just Baltimore
1: like if you get if you bet against Baltimore in every game you're up $3728. It's incredible. They're yeah. down 37 units now.
3: They also uh, actually, yeah, they uh, they actually did good this weekend. They they beat down Tampa Bay.
1: They're down 37. Now, the the, the American League Central is money burners. There's yeah. not one team in the division that makes nope. money. Cleveland are down $1,536. Worst favorite in fact. the biz. Yeah, they really are the worst favorite. It's crazy, guys. We tell you this all the time, but you look at Cleveland. Cleveland might be 10 games over 500. But it doesn't matter. If you bet against Cleveland every game, you'd still be up 1500 bucks, yep. even though they're 10 games over 500 because they're overly priced all the time. Minnesota are burning cash right now. They're down $1,100. The Detroit Tigers, this is crazy. The Tigers are 17 games under $500. they are 45 and 62, yet they're only down $57. Yes.
3: And your- yeah, it's, like, it's like, oh, yeah, that's like the push. Peter pays Paul. That's a, that tells you they're dogs a lot. They're dogs a lot. <laughs> dogs yeah. a lot. The they t- Tigers yeah. are a real <laughs> pooch. Rabies. Rabies dog. The White Sox are always dogs. Oh, they're but they're just terrible. Yeah, no, no, watching that team play this weekend, uh, uh, like every single, just they're thirty-seven and sixty-eight. God. What do you need to get to seventy-two? No, uh, sixty. Their total was sixty-one and a half. half. Oh, still not going to get half. there. They might. They're not winning sixty-two games. You got to. You got to win twenty-five more games. That's not a...
1: <laughs> with the White Sox. Yeah. yeah,
3: I don't think so.
1: So they're thirty-seven and sixty-eight. So they've played uh, ninety, hundred and five games. They've got 55 games and left. And they have to win
3: 25?
1: Oh, yeah, you're done. Yeah, told you. They're not. That's almost no. 500. Yeah, they're not. They're no. not going 25 and 30.
3: No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember at the start of the year? God, that total's low. Hey, the books know something. They sucked harder than that. Yeah. Hey, like, that's the thing about baseball. We've had this conversation. In the old days, even a couple few years ago, worse teams, you know, 66, 67. Now there's true dominance Gabe. Like, you could look at a team winning like 55-something games. They suck.
1: Remember, I said it was a mortal lock that the Jays. No, yeah, we both had the under. Under, under, under. It was, uh, what was the Jays' total? 81 and a half. Just 82 or, yeah. 81 and a half. Yeah, 81 and a half. So they needed to win 82 games. That was it. They needed to be one game over 500. They played 104 games. They're at 48. So they need to. uh, 24 games. They need to win 24 games. Out of 50? 24 games out of uh, 56.
3: Oh God, mm-hmm. that one's gonna no be...
1: 58. Sorry. Really? Ooh, they could do that. Yes, they could. They they might get there. <laughs> I... <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> they could.
1: They're, it's right on the border. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's right. It's, like, it's that one's teetering. Yeah,
3: that's teetering.
1: The Red Sox are going to smash oh, yeah, their the, win with, total. Oh, it's 93 and a half. What are they? What late, are they now? 70. Oh, that is Put the money. in, in August, you're yeah. going to be like, all right, we cash that. What about the Yankees, though? The Yankees have been fading. They have been. thing is, the Yankees are lucky that they got off to such a hot start. Because the Yankees are 30 games over 500. They're 67 and 37. But they're essentially, over the last month, they're essentially 500.
3: Maybe even a game or two They, were, they
1: were 14 and 15 depending on what happened on the weekend
3: yeah they actually lost one to Kansas City Doubleheader,
1: they lost they split Saturday yeah. what, what happened and yesterday? then they won the
3: other games so yeah they, I think so they four the two and 15, to 14 City. And 16 15 and 17 yep. I would say in their last 32 games now the not Yankees. looking impressive though
1: so that's and that's just not that's not like oh you know they're 500 over two weeks or a week because everyone's gonna go through that but it's been over a month and they're essentially a 500 team yep. the Yankees and now they lose Aaron Judge. And they lost three, three weeks. weeks. Yeah, they lost Gary Sanchez as well, right? Yep. So the, in- the injuries have mattered for them. You know, they bring in Jay Happ. Can't hurt them. But uh, I don't, you know, I, I look at the Yankees. I don't look at the Yankees as a postseason threat, really, to be honest. I, I don't put them. It's like if I'm doing power rankings, they're not as good as Boston. You know they're, they're not still a,
3: they're still scary in a short series though with those bats games. All these that's teams the are scary like, though. The, yeah, so
1: is Houston. And so is Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. those are, yeah. That's the thing with Cleveland. The, they might be money burners no, but, now, but they're they, going to be a low to deal with in the playoffs. Yeah, right
3: now they're just breezing through the schedule. Their division's so shit. They just got to worry about the, the postseason. And they have and they have great pitching. But it is concerning. They are going to be going
1: on the road they're, no matter what. Yeah, too. that's true. Yeah. But their
3: their pitching recently has been very bad. But that could just be a lull because of the teams they're playing. It just seems to them they're probably bored. The guys seem tired. They, yeah, all of them. Like Kluber, even got he got rocked his last. Kluber, year. something's yeah. not right with him. Uh, that's a good point. Yep,
1: you know Bieber, Bieber got lit up in his last well, start. Bieber's but, a kid too, but right? he's been really good. He just he did get lit up in his last start. Uh, Detroit down fifty seven dollars. Uh, the White Sox are down seventeen fifty. Kansas City are down two thousand seven hundred and nine dollars. They're a horrible man. baseball team. Um, the Houston Astros are burning money now, man. They're 27 games over 500, but they're minus 641 because they're too big of favorites. They're they're joining the Cleveland territory. Seattle making money because most of their games are pick'ems. The oddsmakers don't really believe in them because they always win by one run. Yep. So um, you, you know you don't really have to lay a lot of juice with them. So they're 62 and 43. You're up 1475 dollars. Oakland's up a robust $2,042. Ooh, and, and look at the record. 61 and 46. Yep. Impressive. Very impressive. Uh, the Angels are 54 and 53, one game over 500, but they're down $900. The Rangers, as bad as they are, they're only down $382. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are up $1,077. Atlanta is up $1,083. Washington Nationals, big time money burners. Oh, big man. time! They,
3: how much are they? Down? I bet they're down two thousand. Yeah, like they're two thousand forty-six dollars. Oh, you wow. saw what happened, too. Here's another thing, like with Harper. What's Harper hit? Two sixteen? Or they're like the third
1: 15. biggest, right after Baltimore and Kansas City. Like, look, you've lost more money betting on the yes, Nationals than yes, the White Sox. Yes.
3: Yes. Without and think about it, without Scherzer, without without the pitching that they have, I'm gonna tell you, Gabe, these guys do not score. You want to talk about power outages, like Houston? Harper, you see, see the point. Uh, Miami walked him off the other day, and Harper's like, "Hey, management, we should have gone out and got JT Riomoto. He's like, "You know what I mean?" He's like, "Making excuses, it's like, oh yeah, so the other catcher, catcher on the other team, like, oh yeah, we need a catcher. Yeah, I know yeah. you got a shit catcher, but worry about your own self, Harper. Worry about exactly. your average, eh? Oh, we, call, we needed to pick up this guy. Like, give me a break. Go and do. You're supposed to be a star. Go and do something. Then, I you know what. I'm gonna love betting against the Nationals in the playoffs. Screw them. I don't know if they're gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, that's another thing.
1: I don't think they are. They're six games back. It doesn't seem to be turned around. Miami are actually up 690 bucks. Good for them. Mets are down 1,525. GPD continues.
4: Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app.
1: We'll take a look at the Major League Baseball lines here in a minute. Craig Bart says Jays management are incompetent. They trade Azuna, who's one of the best closers in baseball, to a team that's already a powerhouse. It's true. Yeah, but as I stated, you know, you know, I'm often critical of Shapiro on the Jays, but. I'm not sure there was teams lining up for no. a dude number one who's
3: suspended, yeah. number two, and they wouldn't welcome back. they in this yeah. in this city when, when he kind of no, he was back, done. He's here. gonna be
1: booed. Yeah, he was done. Here. He was
3: done. You you get you get uh, even if he turns out to be innocent or something happen, you know, in the case, he's done here. It's just not the type of city to welcome a guy back like that. He his days here were numbered. It's just interesting. The Jays could have got some. Uh, you know, I wish you hope these prospects turn out because you know what they're probably gonna do too. Flipped Ken Giles to a team in contention. That like, wouldn't surprise. They, me. No, they Good don't. They, they don't need Ken Giles because they're yeah, they're a young right. team rebuilding. So actually, no one would Like maybe a team like Cleveland might be in the mix for Ken Giles. Uh, in Minnesota, if they want to actually Minnesota, if they want to make a run, still they're probably too far back. Yeah, Minnesota. Ain't making yeah, a run. no, they they just they made Ooh, a move Vikings? for Vikings. You know, no, yeah, they're like no, the <laughs> Twins just made a move for Zach Duke though. Another like they have a really bad bullpen, so <laughs> yeah, I guess they can just try to go down swinging and uh, but. Ken Giles will not be a Blue Jay, I don't think. He just doesn't fit the rebuild.
1: Uh, we're getting a lot of Mary Browns. We got some oh, Churches yeah, chicken. Browns. Oh,
3: Churches prep, yep, yep. Uh, oh,
1: Taylor Stevens says, uh, you know, there is no Uber hooker, I checked.
3: Yeah, too bad. Well, uh,
1: there's you know, got to be come some Come on, pick. Uber, get it together. What about Lyft hooker?
3: <laughs> 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 Maybe the competition. Go Lyft. They have crazy wars between Lyft and Uber right now. Like It's just like, you know, they're, they're begging people to, for the service. You get really cheap rides these days. I shop around, Gabe. Shop around. Uh, I don't sooner. know if there's a hooker's on lift, but uh, good deals.
1: Sooner Lisa says uh, she makes better chicken than KFC, Popeye's, Chick-fil-A, and anyone else. I
3: believe Sooner Lisa. I bet she's got a nice recipe. My buddy does it KFC's too. KFC's coming on right now, 26%. It's easy to make fried chicken, actually. You know, I, I don't know the Colonel's 11 herbs and spices, but basically all you do is have a nice, nice batch of hot oil. I'm sure it's on the Internet. Yeah, you roll it. You roll it in buttermilk and flour, and you put your spices in there, and you dip her down, and boom, fried chicken. Bob's your uncle, man. Usually delicious. You can do your own spice combination. I think. I think with buttermilk's uh, the key. I
1: though. think with uh, with KFC, basically, people know what. Like basically, ten or eleven, and there's one mystery thing that they don't they don't disclose yeah, it's
3: kind of like flaming Mo. i think
1: mean, kfc like they're open yeah, about yeah. it they're like yeah it's this 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 and this and we have a mystery thing
3: like flaming most when he sold the drink it's like oh Mo, we know we almost got your recipe it's what yeah. th- cough syrup yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember that he's like damn I'm gonna make a million dollars he's like thank you yeah, yeah and then the executives take the briefcase what do you, the oh, oh, you mean the cough syrup oh yeah mean the cough syrup oh the cough syrup cough syrup yeah. god <laughs> damn it cough syrup I was a way Oh God, The Simpsons. See, we get so we get so much uh, laughs from that show. Fantastic, but uh, yeah. Right, no. So
1: listen, there was a great yeah. story I read last night. I tweeted it out. A lot of people have been talking about this. It's been making its way around the internet. It's not an easy read. It's it's long. Like it's basically
3: like work piece. Long book. Long book.
1: Like our boy, um, our boy Dar sent me a tweet. He goes, "Man, I spent like ten minutes reading this, and I said it was only five percent through the story." <laughs> Yeah, it's a long, long sort of detailed expose, but you'll like the story, Cam. It's uh, how an ex-cop rigged Monopoly, McDonald's Monopoly game for millions.
3: Oh, please do tell. This sounds great.
1: All yeah. right. Pretty, pretty crazy. Oh, yeah.
3: the, the, the Monopoly game where you get the the drinks and the yeah, it's on fries or the burgers and yeah. I never, I, I used to, I had half the board, but I never win.
1: Yeah, Jeremy Jacobson and his network of mobster, psychic, strip club owners, and drug traffickers won almost every prize for twelve years it's in McDonald's contests.
3: You have me intrigued
1: until the FBI launched an operation called Final Answer. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'm dying here. Uh, it's a great story. It's basically like
3: this. Oh, you got to send this to on me. On August read 3rd, this, 2001, a McDonald's yes.
1: film crew arrived in a bustling beach town of westerly Rhode Island. They carried their cameras and a giant cashier check to a row of townhouses and knocked on the door of Michael Hoover, a 56 year old bachelor who called a McDonald's hotline to say he won the Monopoly competition. Since 1987, McDonald's uh, customers had feverishly collected Monopoly pieces attached to drink cups, french fries, packets, and advertising and, uh, magazines. By completing uh, groups of properties like Baltic and Mediterranean, players won uh, cash or Sega Game Gear. Uh, you could win Filet-O-Fish uh, or up to uh, $1 million cash. Hoover, a casino pit boss who recently filed for bankruptcy, claimed he won the $1 million prize. Um, Amy Murray from McDonald's presented him the check, but the cameraman and everybody else there were undercover agents with the FBI. <laughs> This was a mixed sting. A mixed sting.
4: <laughs> Nice. I like to.
1: You know where like the, the hustle was run out of? Jacksonville.
3: Oh, nice, nice.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh man. Yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy. The FBI investigation started in 2000 when a mysterious informant called the FBI and claimed that McDonald's games had been rigged by an insider known as Uncle Jerry. The person revealed that the winners paid Uncle Jerry for stolen game pieces. The $1 million winner, for example, paid $50,000. Sometimes Uncle Jerry would demand cash up front, requiring winners to mortgage their house. So long story short, basically, McDonald's had this Monopoly game. Now, somebody's got to make these tickets, right? That's right. The contest and even the million-dollar ones. So they hired a firm, and it was this company out of uh, Atlanta. That also does lottery tickets. Yep. So they're trusted, and you know they they sort of, so they do contests, lottery tickets, and so they were in charge. There was this guy who was the head of security for the factory and the plant. Oh, so it was his boy. job to oversee
3: inside job
1: to oversee the pieces. So he was responsible for overseeing the pieces. Yet what he started to do is keep the pieces. And it's pretty crazy because they watched him, too. So he said the only time he was ever alone is when he was in the airport. And they had, like, a security person watching him. But he would go into the bathroom and exchange real tokens for fake tokens. It's it's a crazy, crazy story. So basically what he would do, so they were giving away uh, Vipers, the cars. Dodge Viper? Yeah. yeah. Or $200,000 cash. I take the cash. Yeah, so most people took the cash. So he was basically, he that was his first scam. And the thing is, he was a former cop that was really by the book. But greed, he couldn't resist, yeah, like, basically. Yeah. He just couldn't resist, like, that he was controlling the McDonald's Monopoly contest. So it all started with a $200,000. Uh, he took a $200,000 Viper ticket. Yeah. And he did a deal with a mobster that he met who was a strip club owner. And uh, Buddy paid him forty-five thousand dollars.
3: Here's your ticket. Yep.
1: So he took forty-five thousand dollars. Buddy got the two hundred thousand dollar voucher. Everybody's then calls happy. McDonald's yep. and say, "I want two hundred K." He got he made one hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars out of it. Buddy yep. makes forty-five. But Danny started doing it all the time. Except, you know, obviously they had to set stuff up. They had to go to different states. But they basically realized that a bunch of winners were in a 25-mile radius.
3: And it was all
1: centered out of Jacksonville. The people kept winning in the Jacksonville area. So started to raise flags. Now, this is something that was crazy. The guy that was doing this knew something about McDonald's and the contest that he thought if he got caught, he could use to get out and this was basically that McDonald's had told them: make sure that none of the million-dollar prizes are won in Canada. Like uh, M- Monopoly, that that contest is yeah. part of uh, McDonald's in Canada as well.
3: Yes, 2 they're so separate entities. Crap. Canadians yeah. ended up yeah. suing oh, after nice. they did nice. a
1: class-action lawsuit. Well,
3: still buying the product should be a lawsuit because because
1: they were sued. So it's pretty crazy, yeah. So basically, he was thinking about it. Uh, he opened up a package that was sent to him um, by a supplier in Hong Kong by accident. Inside the package that he opened up by accident were the set of anti-tamper seals for the game pieces. Like, there was all system to, like, anti-seal proof. And so he had the pieces. Now he had this seal, the anti-seal tape. So he basically had it all. He goes, I would go into the men's room at the airport, he later admitted, it was the only place a female auditor couldn't follow him. I'd go into a stall. I would take the seal off. I would pour the winning game pieces, replace them with commons, and then reseal them with the seals that I had. I then stole the $1 million instant win game piece and locked it in a safety deposit box. He also had documents that claimed, that, that proved, that McDonald's was screwing Canada. And um, Canada couldn't win. It was impossible. They, they were The Canadians couldn't win. So Canada, they did get sued. McDonald's for this after. All this happened in like 1995 through yep. 2001, etc. So, how about this? So, he got sloppy though. So, it started off, he was doing this with like a mobster pit boss guy okay. in the Colombo crime family. Uh, but he got cocky. Back in Atlanta, Jacobson Butcher, he did a deal with his butcher. I know. He did a deal with his butcher. Can I get
3: some rib steaks and let's talk yeah, about the He this gave McDonald's the
1: butcher $200,000. <laughs> he gave him a $2,100 game piece in exchange for $45,000 cash. He did it again with the butcher. The butcher said, "Listen, we'll we'll make it that uh, I know a girl, yeah, she's he not can't connected win. He can't exactly. Win twice? Cuz they actually yes. sort of poke around. Yeah. So he basically they he said, "I know someone that yeah. that'll do this, they'll claim it in South Carolina and blah blah blah. And the butcher screwed him. The butcher, like, he got money up front the first time, but the guy didn't get money up front because he trusted the butcher now, yeah. and the butcher didn't pay him the second time. So he, so he got screwed there, and then he saw the butcher on TV claiming the $200,000. He got really pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> then he met some guy named Gennaro Colombo, part of the Colombo crime family. Uh, so he started doing with him. It's crazy. Look, here's the video of Colombo winning. <laughs> yeah, I like
2: it. Dodge
3: he Viper. looks like
1: Tony Soprano, like literally. <laughs> he actually does. Jerry Colombo, Florida.
3: <laughs> this is an amazing story, man.
1: Yeah, this is
3: wild. I love stuff like this. Uh,
1: it's he so talks. complicated, though. Yeah. So he met this mobster. The mobster guy loved this. Yeah, and they moved like countless pieces. And the mob guy was cool to work with because he didn't screw him, and yeah. he was paying, and he had. They always found new people that would win the prizes. Yep. And it was actually the mobster's parents that brought it all down. Really? Yeah. <laughs> parents? Yeah, they're the ones that snitched the whole wow. thing out. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, we'd crazy. go on and on and on, but it goes on here. I believe, let me see, I think in the end they said it was $24 million.
4: That's a lot of dough.
1: That's great, eh? I'm mean, extinct. Yeah.
4: Sting?
3: <laughs> the mixed sting. Like they show up at your door. Higher, and it's like yeah. it's like publishers clearing. Yeah, house except there, really, but they really come uh, with a gun instead of a check.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That's too good, man. That's yeah, he too- got he got real careless. And another thing, they got sloppy too. He gave a million dollar token to his brother in law, and he said, "Don't tell anyone," and he just gave it to him. And the brother-in-law didn't want anything to do with it because his brother-in-law was, like, straight and stuff. Like, he didn't want it. So his brother-in-law gave it to the Salvation Army. But that set off flags, too. Like, who drops a million-dollar McDonald's token in the Salvation Salvation Army? Army. Yeah, you
3: you drop a bag of clothes.
1: Yeah. So the guy, one of the guys felt bad, too. So out of guilt, he said he gave one to St. Jude's Hospital. That's nice. A million dollars. And St. Jude's Hospital contacted the, the Feds and said someone just gave us a million dollars and a McDonald's thing, and the Feds said, "Yeah, it's a crooked whatever."
3: Yeah.
1: And uh, the because Buddy basically did it because he knew he was going to get busted, so they he thought, "Hey, look, I'm a nice guy. Yeah. I even reduce, gave it to St. Jude's." Reduce my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought about it. But the Feds that. said, yeah. "No, no, he gave it to St. Jude's, and it was even yeah. expired in like two days. He yeah. just panicked. They basically stated, <laughs> so." But it turns out McDonald's honored the million dollars to St. James. Nice, they that's, did, yeah, that, that's classy. McDonald's gave the million anyways. After. I like that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's a real crazy story. It yeah, goes no, on I want to email it to me. I want to read the thing. It was whole like thing. 1998 or something. They ran the, the entire Monopoly contest was rigged from the beginning. Wow. No one had a chance of winning. It's
3: funny because I used to play Monopoly. Like all the, the, the FBI time.
1: was in on it. Like yeah. they basically said, "Listen, we we need you to do one last contest." And we're going to get everybody red-handed here. Nice. And they did. And one by one, they nailed everybody that was involved.
3: So the FBI and McDonald's so, got together so and so said, yeah, we're m- going to screw all these The guys McDonald's
1: now. president was told, basically, listen, you, we need you to run the contest, but the contest is rigged. Everyone knows it. Yep. They're going to steal all the winners. And it opened up McDonald's to lawsuits because they're advertising on TV. Come yeah. buy a fries. Come yeah. buy a Happy Meal and win. You couldn't win. This guy was stealing all the cool prizes. All you were getting was, like, Filet-O-Fishes. You yeah. know what I mean? Straight cash. They got to make a movie about this. McBusted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 12 years he got wow. away. Wow.
3: That's crazy, man. Yeah. What a wick! Oh, that's wicked. 12, 12 Dude, years. are right. They got to make a movie about this. This is a fantastic story. Like, it's a great story. Like, they made a McDonald's yeah. movie about Ray Kroc. What about the McBusted movie? It was actually worth it
1: for them, too, yeah. because, look, uh, he stole $24 million in prizes over 12 years. Oh, my God.
3: That's a huge chunk of change. That is. He wild, got sent man. to jail
1: for thirty-seven months. What? It's not that long. That's nothing. He got three years. White
3: collar crime, man. Yeah. That's like. And he
1: he had to pay back twelve point five million dollars out of the twenty-seven. He got 20, sorry twenty-four. 24. Yeah, he so to he kept the path. They didn't keep it. It was gone, but yeah, whatever. They said they he owed twelve point five million cash, and he got
3: three years. Come of jail. on, Gabe. For all that, three years doesn't seem like a lot of time. That's a short time. It's funny too. He says he would do it all over again. Of
1: course he would. So he done it for 3
3: years. Honestly, even admit it. Yeah.
1: He goes, "I hate to say it." But uh, he goes, yeah. "I do it all over again." He's like He said it was just too Too lucrative. Yeah, He goes, "It was too just, just too It was just He basically stated, you know, I don't really have a
3: lot of regrets. Like, you know. (laughs) I did jail for like, you go, like, think about if you got, like, caught at the border with cocaine or, like, heroin or whatever. You're doing, what do you do? 10, 15 years, but maybe longer, you could do life. And this guy pulled a scam, like, that's the thing about these uh, American greed scams, Gabe. You don't go to jail for very long. That's the, that's what you do.
1: Oh, It's crazy, too. Get this. They started to expand into other contests. The Mars Bar Company had a uh, gray-colored M&M contest going. (laughs) They had. So, basically, there was one gray M&M cam in an M&M bag. Okay. They had it. They stole the M&M. Interesting. (laughs) Like, Buddy got the inside to the M&M. So, he stole the gray one. And, basically, it's funny. They had it. This mobster had it in a freezer for a year. And his drunk or uh, stone girlfriend ate had it. the munchies. No, no. And she was eating ice cream out of the freezer, oh, and she was taking it out of the bag. But he stopped her. and oh, he came wow. in. He said, "Hey, hey, that's a
3: million dollar M M&M. and M." That's amazing.
1: <laughs> she was like, "What?" She didn't know. That's she was nah. like, keep, "She was like, what
3: are you talking about?" All, he was like, <laughs> oh, "That's like, yeah. <laughs> I keep all my chocolate in the freezer. I do. Wow, that's crazy. Imagine she, she ate have the, it melting. Right? Imagine she ate the M M&M. and M. Yeah, exactly. You can't have that thing melt. Great point. Everything in the freezer, baby, for safety. It's a crazy
1: story. All right, what do you got for us, Gabe?
3: I got a few things, Gabe. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Indians and uh, your boy Bieber tonight, only laying 30 cents against Minnesota. Oakland, minus 130. Boston, minus 160. And Colorado is my dog, plus 115. All right, we got Drew Dickmeyer on the other side. We'll give you our baseball
1: picks. Drew Dickmeyer, the millionaire, will help us uh, with our DFS. All that and more continues.